Hello and welcome to this, the 30th episode of the second season of the Ian Prendercast. I'm Sean Peterwudge and I'm joined as always by Fabian Guadagnola. Give it to us, Fab, the original and the best. <laughs> Buonasera ragazzi. It sounds right coming from your mouth. Absolutely it does. Right, some people have been trying to take it off lately. I don't know how I feel about it, but it's good coming from you. I like it. Posters. And Tim Singlets Davis, we're getting into that kind of weather, Timbo. You stripped off a little bit this evening. I'm getting very excited and on my way to the Gold Coast this weekend, oh, so Jesus it could be singlet Christ. season. <laughs> How Jesus are you, Sean? <laughs> I'm all right. Uh, before we kick off into the show proper, Beverly Hills Junior Football Club wrapped up their campaign at the weekend. They certainly did. How'd you um, go? We forfeited our under-11s. <laughs> <laughs> So we were. <laughs> I genuinely didn't know that. No, no. Well, we were short on numbers for the 11s. You said you were playing with 24. Yeah, yeah no, no. That, and so we played with 24, but in the 12s. So that, that's what I was leading up to. So the 11s as a standalone oh. team forfeited. So you weren't, weren't coached. I didn't coach. I was ground manager. Oh no! And Still get to wear a bib. A light blue one. <laughs> did you argue argue with the umpire about it? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought, given that I'm wearing the ground manager um, uh, bib, is probably not really um, Do you find that, embracing uh, the role. Not really. In the one game I came and watched, I did find that umpiring at all levels of the game, say what you will, is consistent. The umpires feel like they're just running the show. Well, they're coaching eleven-year-old well, kids, and it's like, just relax, mate. Well, the blokes that we had on the weekend refused to make decisions. I, I had kids. <sighs> with their head over the ball, trying to pick up the ball and have a guy running headlong into them with their head over the footy, no cool. Why don't you just, at that level, like until you get to 13s or whatever, why don't the parents just do it? Like well, they do up until sounds. the previous year. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so right, that's, well, that, that, that is what they're doing. So I think it's up to under 10s. Yeah, okay. So in any case, we had, as you alluded to, we Spectacular had 20, end. 24 kids in under 12s. We played Greythorn. Yep. Greythorn were third on the ladder. Um, I'm not liking where this is going, Fab. Had a little bit more to play than what we did. I'm not liking and, where this is going. And at all. I reckoned. How much did you lose by, Tim? Well, we didn't score. <laughs> <laughs> what at all? We did not score. Not even a duck eggs. Zero zero. Yeah. Jesus. Hold on, hold on. I know. I know. And this is something you do at your club. Please tell me, please, that you didn't sing the song. Oh hell no. <laughs> no no. That was one. If thing. I hear any of you fuckers singing this. <laughs> Well, the block that showers. I took over from last year, so so what the team that Tyron played in last year was an under-11 team, and yeah. because he came back down into the same age group, I coached the under-11s. They sung the song every week, and it just, <laughs> it sat, it's, like, and look, we won two-thirds of the games that we played. Stuck in your craw, didn't it? Yeah, and I look, I think, you know, the game's a celebration, all that sort of stuff, it's all about having fun, and I, I embrace all of those things, but... If you don't win, you don't win. I didn't the mind the mantra you had when I came to watch that game and you lost by five goals or whatever. Yep. And it was, you just didn't think you made the executive decision as the coach that it wasn't a performance worthy of the song. And yep. I quite liked that. I thought that was strong leadership from Tim. Told I, 20 I've told you my kids, best. I've told you about. Told 20 kids you're not going to get what you want. You sucked. My, my mate Jordan, who's from the UK. Oh, he loves this guy, seriously. And he goes, His eyes light up first, when he talks first, about Jordan. He goes, first game in the country, he goes, we win. We go, we go, as we go into the change rooms, he goes, and they get into a circle and start singing. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? He goes, it's just it's not a dance. That's like the goes, banner, Because it's it? weird. It's like the banner. People from overseas think it's weird that we sing. It's the best. Like, when, <laughs> I, when I stopped, when I, I retired from swimming and played footy, mm. singing the song For in the group I, at the end. I thought you were going to say the swimming team had a song. Oh, no, no, no. no. But it's, it's, it's gone past football, though. All sports kind of do it now. Yeah. So... Oh, it's funny, it's, it's like that college thing, yeah. isn't it? College cry. Yeah, 
Yeah. I like it. I don't mind. I love it. Uh, we're going to go on to shout-outs now. Well, just, it's a bitter end to the season for Timber. Hopefully they come back better and stronger next year. I don't think Timber's going to get the job. No. no. I wouldn't give Watch it to him. Watch this space. I wouldn't give it to him. <laughs> um, shout-outs. Who wants to lead us off? I'm happy to lead us off this week. You're going to um, lead us off with a sombre shout-out, Timbo? Yeah, it is. Look, I've actually got two shout-outs this week, oh, and they're both Jesus. pretty sombre, to be absolutely honest. Um, Call me Johnny Raincloud. Yeah, correct, correct. So um, today we lost Graham Polly Farmer, who there is a lot of people that say may have been the best footballer of all time. I think he was certainly the best ruckman of all time. Um, and I think the way... He's up there. Fab, oh, Fab wants to be Johnny Raincloud. You want to be the, the No, no, no. Guy. I want to celebrate Polly Farmer. I don't want to do anything other than celebrate Polly Farmer, but there's no need to say he was the greatest ruckman We spoke time. about this earlier. Because that brings in a debate. We oh, it does. me disagree with. He changed the game with his use of handball, though. That, well, we, that, that's one thing that they, hmm. they always sort of said. As a big man, he controlled games and the way that he could open up games with the use of handball. We spoke about this earlier with, uh, with Pete. Shout out to Pete. Um, and we said, like, fully... All respect to Polly, legend of the game, outstanding as both a player and a coach and a you know indigenous leader, and he sort of broke down a lot of barriers uh, by virtue of his football, which is outstanding. But it's, does it strike anyone else as odd that like I know I've, we felt we talked about this in a number of facets of the game that it took someone sixty odd, seventy odd years to go. I'll just grab this pill out of the ruck. Yeah, he just thought, why don't I just grab it and then get rid of it rather than just indiscriminately hack it forward. And, with and my fist. You would love to have seen footy played in the 20s and the 30s just to understand what the style was like because there were some seriously low-scoring games back in the very early days. I've long thought, you know, like people say what you do with a time machine or you go back and your property market, whatever. I'd go <laughs> back. eight brown I'd, I'd go back and dominate <laughs> just as I am at the moment. Yep. I'd just go back and play football that the people of that era have never seen before. Yeah. I'd just they'd, – they'd be sitting there going, so this, this tremendous gut runner. Be going, this guy – it's like just a phenomenon. He's playing football from another planet. Doesn't even do the place kick. Yes. Whatever he's Doing running. Drop punt. He's running and bouncing. He's holding the ball weirdly. Got a weird beard. Got a weird beard. <laughs> so you would have been right at home with that beard in the twenties. No, he thought. keeps talking about all these like Star Wars. <laughs> I like that shout out, Timbo. Sad to lose a legend. No, definitely. And when you sort of went through a few of his accolades, you know, three-time All-Australian, two-time Simpson medal at Interstate Carnivals, won three Sandover medals, finished second in a Brownlow. I mean, when 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 they all when they all stack up, you just sit there and you go, and look, clearly he's a, a top-shelf footballer. And um, you can't argue with the uh, history books. He was number five. Yeah, one of the famous numbers at Geelong is number five. He wore it. Gary Ablett wore it. Nakai Cockatoo, is it? <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Nakai Cockatoo. Uh, I've got a shout out to um, to a guy who's had a really rough season and particularly a rough couple of weeks, Liam Jones. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, couldn't um, agree more. He's had a really, really tough year on the field. Obviously, missed a lot of footy with with his concussion. Lost his mum only a couple of weeks ago, and then on the weekend, after being easily our best player on the day and, and being just generally outstanding, um, gets a displaced larynx and missed the last two. Yeah, he was karate chopped to the throat. Uh, and we'll miss the last two weeks. Look, he signed a three-year deal um, in the middle of the year or early part of the year, which is outstanding reward for you know just one of the great stories in football. Really, one of the great turnarounds from on the scrap heap to you know maybe one of the the better key position defenders in the competition. So, look, fingers crossed. Um, this is his, uh, as the Queen said, Fab back in '92. He's Annis Horribilis. He's had a shocker 
on and off the field, personal stuff and injury, and uh, we all wish him the best and, and hope he comes back bigger and stronger next year and can't wait to see him get a, a decent crack at it. How many times have you seen that uh, Class of 92 documentary? I came home. remember that Queen speech. I came home from uh, – I was visiting my sister in the UK at the time, and I came home from a trip – Abroad, I think I'd go on to Madrid and shout out to Erin. Shout out to Erin. Shout out to Madrid. <laughs> back in the country next week. Um, oh, surely she is. Yeah, they Benny too. Benny as well. Cool. And the baby. I hope um, <laughs> he might stay, stick around, just to the age of two, put down roots over there. But uh, I came back from Madrid, and it was that was the day the class of '92 was released on DVD. So I went up to the HMV in uh, Islington and uh, snaffled it up. Did you also buy that god awful Mesut Özil shirt? No, I had that already. Okay. I had that already. It's a great shirt. What are you talking about? No, it's disgusting. You're disgusting. What's your shout-out, Knobhead? I don't have a shout-out this week. Fucking course you don't. Do you want to talk about coming to America too? I, I didn't know it was a thing. Well, it is. It's happening. Is, um, it, is it being shot or is it just a rumour? No, it's being shot apparently. No, no, no it's, it's, a, it's a thing. I've, I've got been, some notes here. Um, what do your notes say? So you must be out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> Mama called him Clay. Got to call him Clay. Uh, mm-hmm. So basically, they're all coming back. Eddie's back. Arsenio Arsenio's back. back. Shari Headley's Shari back. Shari Headley's back. James Earl Jones? James Earl Jones is rumoured to be back, but I wouldn't bet on that just because he's... Wouldn't the whole point be that King Joffrey's dead and that therefore... Yeah. I think well, he is acceding a, a to the king. Akeem has become yeah, the king. So maybe they've done a Thor thing and they're just like passing the torch sort of thing. John Amos, Cleo's back. Cleo awesome. McDowell. Is his, is his mum back? It doesn't, it doesn't say she's there. <laughs> Aeolian. <laughs> he tries to pronounce Aeolian. it. Aeolian. Uh, Wesley Snipes. What? He'll be in it as something. you got to be out of your guts. Samuel L. Jackson in it? No, well, they can't have. He'd have to be playing another character. Imagine, he might be out of prison. Imagine now. he plays an old bloke who robs a McDowell's. That's a bad joke, though. Why? It's just like it's, you sit there or and you're just go, sitting in a McDowell's. Oh, we don't need that. We don't need that. Les, now, Leslie Jones, this is where you're gonna, your eyebrows are going to raise. So the plot apparently um, centres around Akeem and Lisa have a daughter. And is Lisa a, being played by the same? Same woman. Yep. And Akeem finds out that he has a son back in America. So he's knocked somebody up when well, he was sewing his royal oats. That's the problem here. Yeah. It sort of seems against Akeem's character, and I don't like it on the surface. Yeah. Because it was meant to be a whole classic... American love story where he finds Lisa and they fall in mm. love and blah, blah, when it actually gets revealed that at some point in time he's, of all people, no disrespect, he's had it off with Leslie Jones at some point and they have a son. You wasn't the devil worshipper, was it? <laughs> yeah. This is the first date that we've been on since <laughs> Teresa and I were separated. <laughs> but it's just weird that I just don't understand. Is it in post-production or just getting started? No, it started? hasn't started yet. It okay. hasn't started shooting. So anyway, how that, you know, the, the young guy plays his son and they connect and something about... Um, no, it's okay. Thank Sorry you. Sorry Thank you. <laughs> um, very polite. But yeah, something about the find the sun and... Guys come, come to collect the rubbish. And, you know, hijinks ensue from there. Oh, so I don't like it on the surface of that. I don't yeah, like it. Yeah, yeah. It could have been thought out a bit better, but... Well, I, 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 we, we don't know how they're going to introduce it, so maybe there's enough of a backstory in behind it that it can be justified. Um, but as you sort of say, I can't think, we just leave well enough alone, well, Timbo? Look, no, absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, obviously, it's a it's it's a movie that always had a lot of gags in and around it. So if there's if they can surround it with enough, the worst thing is they humor, can't do the barbershop. Surely they can't do the barbershop. Those oh, guys will be, be dead. They'll be dead. But they've got kids, surely. 
that look the same and sound the same. Yeah. What's the fucking point? Is Eric LaSalle in it? It doesn't oh, say. Oh, you hope so. It doesn't say. <laughs> the Soul Glow Empire. What's yeah. happened to that? Because well, Jerry Curls haven't been in for 30 Well, years. maybe it capitulated and that's part of the story too. I, I maybe reckon, he's the guy that robs McDowell's. <laughs> I reckon that you just had a, like a trading places type thing where you got uh, yeah, and coming yeah. to America where you had um, yeah, Mordoff yeah, and did. Stadler yeah. sitting on the – yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if there's just like a billboard for Soul Glow. Like a prominent enough, you see it and go, oh, yeah, yeah it's clever. kicked on, it's kicked on. Um, any more shout-outs? I'm excited now. <laughs> yeah, I've got one more. You I've look got one more. And An- another serious one. Oh, um, this is to Elisa's best friend and her first cousin, Lauren. Okay. And Lauren, unfortunately. Loyal listener? Sorry? Loyal listeners? Uh, listener, loyal listener, okay. uh, often does the drop-off of her son when she takes him to school in North Melbourne, so she's mm-hmm. often listening. So a shout-out to you, Low. Long drive. Um, Carlton supporter. Um, big Carlton supporter, actually. The whole family are. So, um, a But a, a shout-out for Low this week. She lost her 97-year-old grandfather this week. So big Carlton man? I'm thinking so. I'm not 100%. I'm not going to commit to it. Okay. But, we'll um, shout him out either way. Yeah, we'll absolutely. So... Um, Sad day, um, very tight family, so it'll probably hit them hard. So um, we're thinking of you, Lauren. What's his name? Do we know? Know. Oh, okay. We'll pa. give him a shout-out anyway, Pa. Yeah. Good stuff. Shout-out like to Pa. Like it. Changing Lanes, my last shout-out to Major League Baseball. Don't tell me the film. What film? Major League? <laughs> Major League. Because no, I'm sick and tired. This podcast has become the official Major League podcast. <laughs> You've never seen we it. love it. You've never seen it. My shout-out is to Major League Baseball, who announced just after we recorded last week – so it would have been good to have known before we recorded, that on the 13th of August 2020, the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees will play a game... In Australia? No. Shit. ...on the site of Field of Dreams. Really? They're going to go out to Iowa. Iowa. And they're going to they're going to build a, a purpose-built 8,000-seat little build stadium. Build it and they will come. And the fans are going to have to walk through the cornfields to get to this purpose-built Stop stadium. It. Dead set, and they're going to play there on the 13th of August, 2020. They're going to play a special game. I'm going. In the Iowa cornfield. I'm going. <laughs> so um, I just thought that was awesome. And it would have made more sense to do it this year because I think this year's the 30th anniversary of the film, so maybe just someone had the idea late. Yes. But nevertheless, it'll be amazing to look at. It'll be under lights. It'll be great fun. Um, James Earl Jones coming back for that one too. Oh, James, Big look, year for James. James is busy, man. <laughs> Star King. Wars coming out as well. Jesus Christ, James, is, he hasn't been doing a whole lot the last 10 or 15 years, but he's... Um, he's living off royalties, man. Mate, his dance card's very full for the next he's, little he's while. He's left a legacy, though, Jeez, he's he? done, This year's been big for him, too. Lion King, Lion King, Star Wars. There's no Star Wars. No Star Wars coming out this year? Well, no, yeah, but he's not in it. Oh, yeah, true. No, he's... Yeah, no. But anyway, um, so Major League Baseball, 30th of August next year, the White Sox and the Yankees... It could be a flashback, you don't know. There will be. They're doing a... Yeah, they are. I don't want to. I don't. We don't. No, now's not the so, time to talk so about. So he's gone it. from not being in it. But there to will be flashbacks. It. But I don't think they'll be. They'll be using new material from James. Anyway, we're going to move on to question time now. Okay. Who's leading us off with question time? <laughs> we're hoping you would tell us that. It's you. We went through the itinerary. I'm at number two. Oh shit! You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I could have sworn he was Damn at number two. <laughs> oh shit! We worked on this seriously. This took about five minutes to figure out before. So anyway, question number one, Fab, is to you. Oh. Seamless. Seamless. We'll edit that out. The Premier League obviously kicked off at the weekend. We've all seen uh, the first round of fixtures. Is the Europa League Manchester United's best chance of winning passage to next season's Champions League? Unfortunately, it probably is. But I am against 
putting all our eggs in the Europa League basket because it is a very hard competition to win. Now, we should be one of the best teams in it, but it is, it's still difficult. Long European nights, you know, you, you end up playing in like, you know, the far reaches like of Romania Eastern Europe. like and shit like that. And it's just... I, I Personally, I don't want us to be really participating in it anyway. I'd be playing the kids and focusing on the top four, but... I want to win it's it. It's probably our best. I'd like if look if we're going to be serious about it, I'd like to win it, but I'd rather just Do you feel like Fergie it, never respected the competition? Do you feel like the competition or our participation in the competition will reach a certain point where if we're still in it, then, then we, we take it, it seriously? Yes, yes. And it is, like I said, it's our we have more chance winning the Europa than finishing top four, I think. But I despise the competition so much that I'd rather not focus on it whatsoever. I despise the early parts of the competition. I'd rather win the League Cup than the Europa League. Oh, no, nah, forget that. Come on. It's just me. It's just I'd rather win the Milk Cup, the Littlewoods Cup, the Carling Cup. Anything else that's been called? Uh, the Carabao Cup. It's now called the Carabao Cup. The Coca-Cola Cup. Cup. <laughs> it's been like the Ansett Cup. It's had more sponsors than winners. Um, I Yeah, look, I, I understand the sentiment, but if we can get to a position where we're in it, go for it. Try to win it. Yep. Because... Just at the moment, I feel like that's the back door back to the big table. Well, and we've done that before. We've, we've done that before. before. And, yeah, I think that history may repeat itself. You done on that one, Fab? Is that yes, enough for uh, you? Oh, well, the second question, that's to you. So Excellent. Start us off. Um, given the relatively – the fizz out towards the back end of the uh, – or the closing of the, the transfer window mm-hmm. or the Premier League transfer window, mm-hmm. are agents ruining football? Yes. Next question to Tim. No, the, uh, <laughs> no, I think it is. Look, look, we, we spoke about it on the text, and I hate what they've made the game. I just hate what they've turned the game into. They're basically human traffickers, and, and now more than ever, you see, you know, Paulo Dybala's deal break down because some third party owns his image rights, and we don't know what they're worth, and he can't get the move he wants, or he can't get the move the other clubs want. We see guys like Mino Ayola and Jorge Mendes in particular, and there are others. Those are the two probably prime. You know, figures at the moment in the game, just basically haul their players out to whoever will pay them the most. Not necessarily who's best for the player. We'll use Bruno Fernandez as an example. I didn't know a whole lot about Bruno Fernandez prior to the transfer window. Mm-hmm. All I knew was that he was linked to Manchester United. So Jorge Mendes basically plays a game from late last season that links his player to Manchester United with the aim to either agitate a move to Manchester United to get United interested, fans interested, fans talking that goes on the club, or to alert other clubs, oh, Manchester United's interested in this guy. He must be all right. He must be okay. So what happens is Bruno Fernandes ends up going nowhere. And if you saw him and you alerted me to the footage, he was of the impression he was moving. Yeah. He, the, gave, a, he gave a farewell so he was applause in, to the crowd yeah. in his, one of the pre-season games thinking... I'm out the door, this is my goodbye. Mm. And then it became, oh, no, it's going to be... After, <laughs> Came back in on Monday. <laughs> then it became, oh, no, it's going to be after the Portuguese Super Cup would be his last game, whatever. And as it turns out, it's all just Mendes manipulating the media behind the scenes. Yep. And you sit there and you go, he creates a cycle whereby, in the press at least, United open negotiations, oh, United deal, hit snag, back on, sign next week, closing in. Deal to be finalised, and then all of pending a sudden, medical, pending a medical, and it's all these these watermarks you hit, all these until the deal gets done or it doesn't. And in this case, it doesn't get done. And the guy, rumours once again was that Mendes was in London on deadline day trying to get a deal done somewhere. Yeah. So you look at it and go, all the talk for all the window 
he's, he's moving, he's moving, he's moving. And you go, well, clearly nothing was done at all at any point. And we spoke about it just, just lastly in that clearly the influence they have is driven by money and driven by a want to feather their own nest. FIFA need to better regulate agents. And agent fees. Oh, that's the big one. Like it just ran like apart from what you read. Well, Mina, was it Mina Raiola got? Was it fifteen million euros? Well, that's what that's what they wanted for the DiBala transfer. This is the this is so you pay Juventus for the player, and then the agent wants X dollars for doing the deal. And then you got to pay your player. Not a clip. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't get a percentage of the deal for brokering the deal. He wants it above and beyond. It should just be two percent payable by the buying club. That's yeah. what I reckon too, and and, it's, and it, it doesn't matter. And then it's in your interest to go for a big fee because yeah. you make more money. Like every other agent in every other sport in the world, FIFA need to come down and just seriously just redefine what the what the parameters the, are, yeah, what the, the boundaries parameters are around and, transfer. And if you go, you get two percent of your transfer per fee, and you get five percent of the player wage, or and something like and that. Agents will do a rich Paul and crack the shits, and it's got tough luck. These are the rules. And then that's closing on this. And that's how you get situations whereby players are just agitating for deals to move. They probably aren't even really interested. Mm. But the agent goes, we'll move him because that's how I get paid. Because I engineer a move that's going to get me 10 million euros. Yeah. It's disgusting. Could then be destabilised. And and as Fab said, it was a fizzer of a a transfer window, partly because all the rumour and innuendo was fabricated. Yeah. Behind the scenes. And and you refused to go hard on... Um, hated it. The rumours last week, anyway, f- probably for that very reason, no, and it was and quite justified. It was a poor window for everyone. Spurs didn't really strengthen. We got David but, Lewis, but it's part. That's part of the reason. You, Fab, you, you brought in David Lewis to strengthen your defence. Jesus, that's, that's part how of the, bad that, our defence is. That's part <laughs> of the problem, isn't it? Because clubs sit down and say we're going to negotiate for and secure a deal for player A, and we've got X dollars to spend, and then they sit there and go. It's not as simple as doing that because now we've got to pay the agent. We've got to pay this. We've got to buy his image rights to a sold to someone else. We've got to do that. We've got to. It's so convoluted mm. that they sit there and go, it's so difficult to get something done. That's why Juve just get business done. They just get the best free agent. Juve? No, Juve, they're a bit. Juventus. Juventus, or was it uh, Peter Monte Calcio? They're, they're just as bad because they let contracts wind down and then basically pay what would be a nominal fee is a signing bonus. Beautiful. It's disgusting. They don't have to haggle. Timbo, your first question. Geez, that went overtime. Fab's not going to be happy with that. Timbo, Gillan McLaughlin courted controversy this week. Greg McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> said he was going to work that in. Uh, courted controversy this week with his comments about Stephen Cornelio staying at the GWS. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think it stinks for starters. Really? I mean, obviously, he's weighing in on where Canilio is going to end up and obviously we're three people that are phenomenally invested in seeing him at Carlton. So any any move to potentially scuttle the chances of him being with us is, is obviously going to... We're going to take a dim view on. But when it's coming from a guy who you would think his impartiality to me, is absolutely central to the role that he plays. When you're administering that league, while I completely understand he's, you know, they're really trying to make these expansion clubs work, they understand that they're in a in a um, growing, expanding areas and they can see for the future of the, um, the AFL, you know, Australia-wide model, they need these clubs to succeed. But um, I just can't see how somebody in his position... 
um, can publicly state that he would prefer to see Stephen Canilio staying at GWS. No problems with you harbouring those views yourself, but you're just not in a position that warrants going public with it. As far um, as I can recall, he, he didn't comment on Tom Lynch. Well, and this is the thing. Yeah, Tom Lynch has gone, Stephen May has gone on a club that everybody was, yeah, everybody was looking at what, what it was going to mean to the goal. I mean, at least GWS will remain competitive mm. if he leaves. When the two big names left Gold Coast, they were fucked. You know what? They I, really were. You know what he says though to qualify all these statements? Yeah. He says he always says, "Well, as a fan." Yeah. And you sit there going, as you've alluded to, I think he just has to be more switched on to remove himself from the conversation You're altogether. Well, that's right. You're being paid a lot to not be a fan. Yeah. Roger, Roger Goodell is not coming out and saying, and this is what I was going to say. Odell Beckham Jr. shouldn't be going yeah. to Cleveland Browns. Roger Goodell, David Stern, and the NBA as well. Like they are, as administrators, they are they are a great figurehead, and they try and avoid um, any controversy at all. And they're seriously independent of all of the teams. I think the only time that I've ever seen any anything similar to this was when the NBA knocked back the LA Lakers trade for Chris Paul. I was aware of that, and I don't really know. I remember that what the justification was, but at the time I sort of thought, "Geez, it'd be a great addition as so long as we're giving what he is mm. worth and commensurate." You know, bring him along, and in the end, not only did we not get him, he ended up going to the LA Clippers, who are our biggest rival. Did the league have some sort of controlling stake in the Hornets at the I time? Don't, I just, I, as weird... I said, I, I wrote this down, but and they, I, thought, I remember I, they vetoed it. Yeah, and that's, I, I actually thought I should, I should check what it is just to be able to talk um, more intelligibly about it. But um, they've done a reasonable effort. Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, the one thing that I keep on thinking is if if Canelio does end up staying, you'll sit there and going, was that Canelio's decision, or was, or, or was you know, is there a taint on the transaction that sees him stay? Um, and then the only other thing that I'd say is, you know, when you when you read about it, you know, Canelio is paid by the AFL for being a multicultural ambassador. Mm. The kid's Italian. If you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck for don't him get, being oh, a multicultural don't ambassador, a on here. surely it's going to carry greater weight down Ligon Streetway. Surely. So anyway, that's my personal opinion. I'm excited. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Who's up next? Who got the next question? Well, I think it's me. Excellent. Uh, while we're still on footy and Carlton, Fabian. Um, a lot of talk on Twitter today. I haven't I, seen it, but I've heard it. Yeah, didn't, didn't are you like concerned that um, Carlton seem to be in a position where they've, well, they're yet to offer Dale Thomas a new contract and there's rumour going around that we won't? Yes, I am. Um, I would go as far as to say he should be a priority signing. That's how influential he has been this season to this team. Now, we all pray like hell that Sam Doherty comes back and is Sam Doherty. Sam Doherty may never get to where he was it's ever a possibility. again. Ever again. So, Daisy is a known commodity at the moment in a young emerging building team. We cannot afford to lose any more senior players who are playing as good a football as Daisy is. Now, I don't know what you need to do, but there are... I'd, I'd get rid of contracted players and pay them out if it's list spot. It doesn't alleviate cap space, though. I don't think cap space is the issue. I think it if might we, be. If we're in cap space worries, then, well, someone's going to lose their job. I think it's, I think it's cap space in so much about acquiring... Matthew Loeb is going to be freeing up a lot but, of cash. But, no, would he? 
But Matthew Loeb be... is one of the highest paid players. Six at the or seven hundred was Matthew what he was fucking Loeb is on six hundred thousand dollars. They offered him a massive deal after they had their purple patch season where he dominated in the finals. He was vice and he's never a season. We're not to paying him six hundred grand. Yeah, well, that was, was the whole thing. That was the whole reason we took why on we the were contract for nothing. No, Port Adelaide are paying some of that. Yeah, but we had to pay ninety five percent of the salary cap, and a big that's part of it true. was taking on that contract. Surely that's and not I think true. it carries favour with the Port Adelaides of the world. And the next time you do a contract, you're going to pay for their mistakes. No, no, no. We'll just, I mean, Surely we're not paying Matthew Loby 600 Well, if we have to pay 95% of the salary cap, and that's Fuck. one of the ways in which we've been able to do it, rather than Sorry, overpaying Sorry to hijack. Kids. I'm just fucking mortified. It's, yeah. Fucking Jesus. So, look, we're going back to the original question. Yeah, we need to figure out a way to keep Daisy on this list. My issue is we're going to have, if Daisy goes, if Daisy's not recontracted, we're going to have somewhere in the region of 15-plus players of less value than him. Some chance, yes. On and off the field. But but he will be, what, 32 years of age coming into this season? Well, it's not Logan's run, Tim. No, I know, I know, I know. But like we've made some pretty hard decisions to uh, move on quality players to be able to bring youth in. Is this just you know sort of the next iteration in that to make sure that we remain a, a relevant, competitive, growing, expanding team? Moving on senior players who are of value, moving off senior players who aren't of value, yeah. Moving on players who... Are valuable, are valuable on and no. off the field. God, no. Because if, if it came out that he was being offered a reasonable amount of money to go to the Gold Coast and be a mentor with other kids, bidding it's a different war is story. different. If yeah, it's a bidding, bidding war, if he's, if, if he's asking us to match a contract, yep. he should know the situation we're in. Yep. I don't think that's the case. If we're squeezing him out. This is a bloke out. who was on 700 a year for, what, four years? Yep. If, we're, if we're squeezing him out, we've got to find a way to keep him. Tim actually raised an interesting point. I'll put you on the clock here for a minute, Timbo. You got us sweating bullets. You got us worrying with this. Give us, give us your theory. Well, I, I just when we looked through last week of the players that were coming and going, you just sort of thought there's not a lot of guys that are leaving our list through just attrition and you know retiring or being delisted. And I can't help but think, given that we're obviously got a draft three, so we, anybody else that we're bringing in, and if we're linked to Canilio and Papley and Bonner and a couple of other teams, uh, players rather, we've obviously got to shed players to be able to get them in. Which got me thinking, as we said, who hasn't signed? We're all going. Our most important signature is Caleb Marchbank. And my fear at the moment is, not that I don't think we'll be chasing him and wanting him, you sit there and you're going, is there is there issues that he's a guy that's found injuries in the past? He obviously had a heart issue the season before last that curtailed the end of his season. Um, obviously, it wasn't his fault that he fractured his neck this season, but it's again, it's another concern. And, and and is it just one of those things that the money that we were originally thinking that we would and could have been paying him were either balking at, or is another club chasing him? Is he going to be collateral for us to be able to try and get the players in that we need? Um, and this is and- what I, I said to you off pod: we don't need to be trading players to get in <laughs> to get in draft picks or get in. Um, Cap space or trade value. That would we, be a no, I, I agree. The, the key to this offseason, and Sauce would know this. And, Consolidating. You know, I'm just, Consolidation, absolutely. No, but the key to moving forward this offseason is blowing GWS out the fucking water for Cornelio. Let the AFL give him a compensation pick. This is not show friends, it's show business. I don't want to do a Chris Judd where I want to take care of West Coast. Fuck that. We get Canelio, AFL can compensate the GWS. We keep our this year and next year's first round picks. Let's get after Tom Papley. Let's get after what we need. And we just move need forward. to hope that 
it, like, and this is just us sort of sitting there going, March Bank's taking a lot longer than we anticipated to get done. And you start to sort of, your mind wanders and starts to worry, hopefully unnecessarily. But And, yeah. and this is the thing. I, I don't necessarily believe that any of that is the case, mm. but I'm just I'm just trying to take a, a level, even-handed view of it and go, look, what is the lay of the land and what potentially could be the impediments as to why this deal hasn't been done? If it gets announced tomorrow, you little beauty, but at the moment I'm... I'm just concerned. Hopefully, hopefully. Last question, who's got it? I've got it. Excellent. Sean, a bit of an Ashes type. Oh, good stuff. I like this. Really like but you know me, I'm not going to touch on cricket whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Should they or why don't Australia play England in football a hell of a lot more than what we currently do? This is an excellent question, Fab. Oh, thank you. It's an excellent question. You know, Australia played England in a football soccer match twice in the 21st century. Craven Cottage? Uh, Upton Park. I thought Craven, Craven Cottage. The one at where we beat him 3-1. Craven Cottage. 100%. I'm with him. And I'm not the soccer fan. Look it up for me, you, Timbo. You keep talking. Um, it's an excellent question. And to be brutally honest, given that where Australian football is at just at the moment, it's in a bit of a lull. It's a bit sort of, sort of plateaued. It's a bit, a bit stagnant. I think it would be a vital step for the development of the game in this country to tether ourselves to a rivalry that actually matters. We're not trying to... Um, you know, Japan and Australia are football rivals, but it, it's not really... You sort of go, oh, yeah, okay, we've had some games against one another. And other than that, we don't really have very many rivals in, Australia, in, in soccer. Mm-hmm. England would be a rivalry that the FA get. More importantly, English players get. You think about your big English names in the past and present, they would all get in a rivalry with Australia. They understand it. It means something to them. Timbo, what do you got for us? I'm just waiting for the thing oh, to load. Um, but you look at it and you go, we haven't played him since. I think we played him in 2016 and before him 2003. Upton Park. Yeah, suck on that, dickheads. <laughs> um, but you sit there and go, for us... I think Eng- we played other teams at Craven. Yes, it's our home away from right home. Too. But like, England, as a rivalry in football... As a f- training venue, I reckon. ...are the well. right fit for us culturally and just contextually. They're, they're a team that are better than us. So we can chase them, we can benchmark against them. Mm-hmm. And it just makes sense to me, particularly if you think about uh, an Ashes summer in Australia, there's an international break in November. So why wouldn't we get them at the MCG? We stopped doing this. I'm not so much worried about bringing them here. What we should be focusing on is playing them there. No, I understand and that. And ever since we've moved to Asia, we've what? given up on... A European base. No, no, I understand. But, but the point I'm trying to make with playing them here as a one-off would simply be if we're playing them in the cricket in Australia, mm-hmm. just tie the two together for that summer and sit there and say to them, cricket team's out, big travelling party of Englishmen are out, play them once or twice. Imagine if you said to him a Harry Kane at the moment, obviously the, probably the biggest profile English player, but if you went to the current English team, I get it would be a hard sell, a bit like the Basketball World Cup for the Americans. But if you said, oh, we're going to have a sold-out MCG, it's got to be able to attract the players. In the it's, middle it's of It's got November, to carry some interest. Go Australia, England, sold that MCG. There'd be a big travelling English Barmy Army contingent. But like I said, just tether us to a nation that carries some weight in the world game, that can actually drive the sport forward, and who can, you know, there'll, there'll be some games worth watching and they'll mean something to the general public. Maybe, and maybe that could be like a Uruguay because we had a little bit of a history with them for a while. Yeah, that's but gone I, cold. But, but I, yeah, I was going to say, I think it's gone a little bit cold. And now that we no longer have to qualify through South America, you know, it's it's because it's not geographically close. So 
Maybe it is Japan. Maybe it's... And that's what I mean. Like, they're just rivalries that are a bit fabricated and forced, whereas something against England could, could mean something to... You know, you're not creating anything. You're not having to build anything. Well, you're as you say... putting if, names if, on a poster. Yeah, if you're, if you're a 10-year-old Harry Kane, while your passion may be football, you're absolutely, you know, conscious and aware of the Ashes cricket. Well, before, um, we, before we go on history. To, to the next subject here, um, there was a, a very a funny story when Australia beat... England at uh, Upton Park. <laughs> not, not Craven Cottage? Not Craven Cottage, but Upton Park. <laughs> sure, it wasn't Craven Cottage. And they beat them 3-1. And apparently the deal was always, interestingly enough, Fab, but it was Wayne Rooney's international debut. Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney. And anyway, at uh, half-time Australia lead 2-0, goals to Popovich and Kuehl, who tore Rio Ferdinand new arsehole. That was wonderful to see. But apparently at halftime, the deal was always uh, like a first 11 in the first half and being a friendly, Sven Goran Eriksson was going to play youngsters in the second half. That was always the plan. Just that's what it was before the game. Got to give our first 11 a run out and then our kids. Apparently at halftime, 2-0 down, players like Beckham and Scholes, Beckham the captain, said, no, 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 we want to go back on. Cool. So David Beckham, one of the biggest soccer players in the world, Went to the coach and said, "No, no, 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 no. We have to go back out there because we can't." So give me Vaughan and give me Vaughan. <laughs> and uh, apparently, Sven Goran Eriksson, when asked about the match in the aftermath, said, "Look, being Swedish, he goes, I didn't understand." Yeah, he goes, yep. oh, "When we organised the match and we're playing, where's Australia?" Because when we organised the match and we're playing Australia, he goes, "That's my fault." He goes, "I didn't get it." Yep, he goes, "I didn't understand why it meant so much." So there, you had these guys. Clearly, it means something to them, and it's something that we should try to uh, work in the. Uh, into the sport a bit more. Uh, we're going to move on now to a bit of AFL, starting, of course, with Carlton. Now, just 10 seconds before we press record on tonight's episode, we found some pretty big news. Decent news. Come, decent, decent news. Yeah. Pretty big news came down the pike. So we're going to be going on just pretty much raw emotion now. We haven't had a lot of time to to uh, sort of let it sink in. David Teague will apparently be announced as early as Thursday, so as early as tomorrow as our permanent coach. We're not really sure on the details if it's a two-year deal, a three-year deal, whatever, but he will be apparently ratified as our uh, our coach. How do we feel about that, starting with you, Tim Bowe? Um, obviously, following on from Chris Judd's... Um, Forks Pass. Yeah, the Forks Pass, um, <laughs> with regards to the uh, training <laughs> I like wheels. That. I when, like that a lot. When you, when you actually look at what he's done throughout his career being the VFL coach at Carlton, having been assistant coach at a couple of places, especially taking the Adelaide forward line, and and the Adelaide forward line was quite a juggernaut to favouritism for the 2017 grand final. Um, Obviously come into Carlton, we pursued him, former player, former best and fairest. I I think he's done the level four coaching course. So I think you sit there and you're going, look, when, when you look at his resume in isolation, you're going, this guy's... Very, very well equipped to be doing exactly what he's doing right now. I think he's ready. I think he's ready. Look, he was absolutely right place, right time. There's, there, there's no. I, I think, I think if, yeah, and part of the the Mick Malthouse bit at the moment is, um, if if um, Bolts had been hit by a tram at the start of March, who would have coached us? <laughs> Jesus. Um, well, that's what they, they they apparently they said that to Mick Malthouse. It's on the sacked po- podcast that they've been talking about a bit. But Were they that um, specific with the scenario. Well, I think it was just showing the writing on the wall that we're we're, we're looking at <laughs> our future plans. But um, you're pretty unlucky to get hit by a tram. They're on rails. 
yeah, but in the middle is, of the road. At, at least it's outside our training ground too. It's, so like, it's like in somewhat Rhino, apparently. Um, but no, so you um, on a skateboard? On a skateboard. Um, that's the one. <laughs> how lucky um, do you have to be? But yeah, look, definitely right place, right time. But the one thing that you always know, and the risk of bringing somebody in from outside of your club is how will they, what will their rapport be like with our players? Will yep. your players want to go to war for your coach? Well, I think we've flat out proven that as an outcome, the way that they've embraced him and they've moved forward with him. Mm. I think the groundswell of support from the supporters was absolutely I think everyone's uh, everyone's really... Um taken to him. I think so. And I think he's just always, he's been one of the good guys, but he was a very tough, hard, unyielding mm-hmm. footballer. And I, and look, he's deserved the opportunity. A little bit like Brett Ratton, he'll grow with us, you know, in, in, in the same way as we'll grow with him as well. But he's he deserves it. And, oh, I think, yeah, I agree. And I think 64,000 members and, and people continuing to sign on now says, you know, we're, we're a happy club in a happy place with a bloke that we're happy to play for. So, I think he's certainly benefited from people power. Um, and he's, he's won the fans over, and, and the support of the fans, I think, has been integral in this decision. Fabian, your thoughts? No, nah, I said it all along. Clarko or Teague? And obviously Clarko is you off the been, table. Uh, or... You have been consistent with that. I have, and? Have. Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm very happy. Do you want to run us through what you're doing at the moment? You're working on some kind of traffic layout over there. I can see you fiddling it's not that with roundabout your... again, isn't nah, it? No, it's not that roundabout out in Altona, is it? <laughs> that roundabout in Altona is just... It's a, it's a death come trap. On, come on a treat. <laughs> no, no, just uh, no, don't worry about what I'm doing. Well, I'm, well, I'm working. I, I guess, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged. Yeah, re- remaining on point. Um, I, I think the question now is: Does do the Paul Ruses of the world play nope. a role in nope. this appointment? Nope. You don't reckon it does? Don't need him. No, look, you might be right, but because he's, 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 like he's a first-time like senior coach, we're not paying a babysitter. Like Sean said last week. If he comes on board, he has to be the man. Yeah, and he's not the man. No, he doesn't get let off. No, that's fine. That's fine, I, and that's part of the question. I'm I'm fascinated to see how they support a first time coach because when we've been in this situation the last few years, we we've jumped on the Dennis Pagans and the Mick Malthouses, and it's been to our detriment. Has he got so, enough? So, you, you mentioned earlier he's coached his own team at VFL, VFL level for a couple of years. He was at the Eagles. He was at the Crows. For he's sort of done an apprenticeship of a decade or more. Anyhow, yep. Um, and I know Bolton had done that, but it's, it's a little bit different here. But I just feel like he's closer to the finished article. But we're still got to be very wary of the realities that he is a first-time yep. senior coach, and very aware of supporting him with you know a framework Absolutely. that a gets the best out of him, doesn't put too much pressure on him, because at the moment, as they always say, he's, he's coaching. It's not his team. That he just quickly seems, changes. He seems cool. He just seems cool. He does seem emotionless. So. Not quite John Warsfold levels, but um, do we want to get on to just the uh, <laughs> he's got crazy eyes, Warsfold. Have you yes. seen him? Yeah, got, and then he does that sort of half smile. Like I'm I'll tell you what, you. after the 19th and 20th goals on uh, Saturday night, he was not looking like a comfortable Mate, man. I was frothing at the mouth. How good was it? Watching that. <laughs> it's um, like all your Christmases. And I just lights. turned it on and just saw the score and went, what? It was gobsmacking. I was, and and the fact that they turned around to Essendon and kicked the first goal at the 21 second mark, you've gone... Wow, that's bad. I was when they kicked the goal. I was like, I don't know if it was Jack McRae, but a couple of bulldogs were like vi- visibly. But the effort that they were going oh. to, to deny them in oh. the two to five minutes earlier it was, was like they were a point up. It was like they were two yeah, seconds exactly on the clock. Right. They're playing like Superman. It was phenomenal. Um, on to our performance at the weekend. <laughs> Twenty-eight point loss. Um, on the whole, given everything, given the context of the game, it was about par what we spoke about last week. Um, we were probably a little bit hard done by late in the game. 
you know, fucking Harry Mackay could maybe get a free kick. If they did, you'd, the you'd say it'd be lucky, but it was there. He didn't. Grimes didn't need to yeah, exactly put on right. the, the um, sort of touch that he did. But anyway, they kick a goal there. They kick a goal with a mark that was clearly after the siren to make it twenty-eight points. But it's when the umpire hears it. Which so was because a, we're mate, here, he it doesn't the, mean that's mate, when the umpire hears it. He was the it. only person in the venue that didn't hear it. Richmond fans were laughing. Yeah. Give, give us another mate. They were laughing mate. on the way out. Like everyone was just shaking their head, going, "He must dead set be the only person that didn't hear it." Fair enough. So anyway, it was, I wasn't dis- there, it was so disgusting. I, I, I can't. Um, I, I, th- I, th- I thought as we as we spoke about last week in our preview that we we probably conceded the middle of the ground, particularly in the first half, and, and all of Richmond's best bits of bits of play absolutely came route one. And in the first half, I think we gave it to them a little bit too easily. We ourselves were, were pushed very wide. Yep. And given the conditions, it was a shocking day out there. Um, it was always going to be really really hard to score. Uh, and I just thought in the first half we probably didn't didn't do ourselves many favours. Having said that, in the second half, corrections were made to make us a little bit more direct, yep. a little bit more patient with ball in hand, and we hung in there. Yep. And we're probably a little unlucky that the margin was what then ended up being. We had a lot of set shots that we had opportunities to be able to put a little bit of, not not pure scoreboard pressure, but just to get them looking over their shoulder, which is all I ever want to see because when we put pressure on them in round one, they they were starting to get a bit frantic. Oh, we almost got there. Absolutely. On the weekend, we almost it was one of those where you thought, fuck, if we just get the next one, mm. we're not necessarily winning the game. Yep. But if we get the next one Squeaky bum time. We set up yep. a nervy finish and yeah. look, we put their defenders under a bit of pressure at times, particularly in the last quarter. Um, it was really good. And I think yeah, look, our biggest issue on the day clearly was just we struggled for traction out of stoppage. Yep. Um, and the the Tigers were tremendous. I mean, Dusty doesn't play. Jack Martin, who replaced him, kicks four goals. Yeah, Jack Graham. Yep, yep. Who I was thinking was going to be tagging. So said Dusty. You said you Jack, said Jack, said Jack Martin. Jack Martin. Jack Martin. Yeah. But Jack, so Jack Graham, I mean, does Dusty kick four? Oh, look, maybe. But maybe. Not, maybe not four in a row. Does I mean, kick, that was the other thing. Does is he, he kick four, but they were, he kicked four in a row. Does he kick four crucial goals on a well, he, shockingly well, wet day? He, he, put, going, he, put us, he put us away. Yeah. Put so, us away all on his own. Uh, stars for us, of course. I think Jacob Wiedering was excellent on Tom Lynch. Lynch, um, a little bit like the week before, like Kennedy, sort of started dangerously. Yep. Um, but Jacob worked his way into it and, and really blanketed him. And for a bloke that's seriously hurt us and came into the yep. game in good form, um, there was a couple of cheapies that he got, which you know just tends to happen. But, geez, Wiedering was... Occasionally, Lynch can play like the biggest small forward. <laughs> in. It's weird. Um, yeah. Ducks out the back a bit, rolls the dice. Uh, and obviously, Liam Jones was our, like I said earlier, our best on the day by an absolute mile. He was superb. Did we like Mitch McGovern's game? I thought, you know what it is? I think Mitch echoed um, a lot of our players, pretty much all of them, battled all day. He did. Battled all day, ends up kicking two goals too. Looked great. Um, looked Physically trim, looked great. Had the socks up, which was a, which was a metaphor. I was, I was, I was going to mention that. I was, that, that was, it should have been a shout-out. Shout-out. Oh. Could be a belated shout-out. Second player in the AFL to have the socks up. Yeah, the socks up, which I think, you know, maybe it's... Louis Taylor's probably looking at that going, what's this guy doing? What's this guy doing? It's on my turf. So, I liked it. But look, I thought he, um, you know, physically looked looked great. And like I said, with the vast majority of the players out there and just gave gave it everything. Doesn't it set a tone for his pre-season? Like he's done four weeks worth of work and he's turned himself around from the way that he's looked for four years to all of a sudden looking like... He will be in a world of pain. Oh, he, he! So long as he doesn't end up with stress fractures in his feet or shins because of the work they put him through, mm. if he comes off the back of this and has this massive preseason, he could front up. Ne- he could front up next March, looking like Cooter. 
Well. Jesus. Uh, and the other guy that really caught my eye, um, and he's, he's getting, getting to the line really good, Nick, is uh, Samo. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Loves a wet day. He he seems to, he's from his background and all that, you wouldn't have thought that wet thought, weather football would have suited him. I wouldn't him, have thought he would have ever played in a wet weather game well, of football. In but Halls when, Creek, yeah. It's got, a, it's got a bit of Macedonian in him. So well, whenever, well, whenever it rains, that might be it. Whenever it rains, Samo's magnificent. Yeah. Um, before we get off the weekend that's just gone, I do want to say something about I don't know sure, sure if you guys took the temperature on Twitter, which can be dangerous at the best of times um, <laughs> after a result, but good or bad. But I just want to sort of say to, to people, you know, riding off or potting players after a result, it's just, I don't, there's nothing to be gained by it. Yeah. We've, got, we've got guys drawing a line through Jack Rewalt. Me, yeah, drawing a line <laughs> through Jack Rewalt. We've got guys drawing a line through Lockie O'Brien. Inside. Who's 19 years old. Lockie's, Lockie's. It's a shocking day. Really tough he's stuff. He's had a ripping year. You got guys and he's a Mildura boy, and it doesn't rain up there either. You've got, a, you've got people drawing lines. I've got to trade Zach Fisher. And you go, what? You go, on Sunday wasn't Zach's day. Yeah, yeah, but he's, just, and he'd been crook. And we, so. need to, we need to find, I think, with Zach in particular, he just needs to play. You know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see him on one wing and O'Brien on the other. Where you put Will Setterfield? Will Setterfield's going to be playing in the middle a bit more. Okay. Yep. But anyway, or half forward flank. Yep. But you sit there and go, oh, these guys potting people. For whoever they might be, one reason or another, DeLuca got a bit, and you know McGovern got a bit, and you're sitting there going, "Geez, if you're judging the boys on effort today, no one failed." Yeah, yeah. And is it a coping strategy? I, I mean, you so. probably don't need to do it as publicly as you do, because I, I, I hear blokes that that get stuck in a plough. Um, well, you're here every week. Well, yeah, but and and sometimes it's warranted, bad, other, other times it's not. But yeah, you look, you're right. There's there's guys that just seem to attract. Like your mate Damien Tardio, oh, you know, he just pans Jacob Wiedering at any opportunity, and he sit there and he's going. He said, he said on the weekend, he goes, the, the, "This is the the biggest praise he's given Wieders all year. Broke even. Wow, that's the biggest." And I actually thought that's a positive step. Yeah, that's we're getting the pretty time close. on the couch is actually uh, that's a positive step. He broke even, but um, but yeah, look, like I said, in the end, it was a twenty eight point loss. I think we were probably a bit hard done by by the margin, but the effort was great. Look, they were down a couple of guys, importantly, which which obviously hurt them. We were down plenty as well, which hurt us. Um, they're, they're premiership fancies. Do you not the we're million 16th. dollar? Do you not the million dollar question is coming out of that game, or, or in fact, our last two weeks? What is it to be under the pressure that we were under for the last two weeks, and the lessons learnt in the way that we deliver the football? St Kilda, who tried to press on us pretty hard last time at Marvel, we just have to be. We just have to have learnt from it. Being aware of it, and then hopefully come up against a St Kilda where the relative the relative pressure drops. We spoke about and, it. And St. Then Kilda, we, need, we need to kill them as a result. St of it. Kilda fancy themselves Jesus. against us because they don't respect us. Yep. But I think that a little bit of that has changed of late. I think we're a far more competitive outfit. I think so. And it's just a shame that we're running up against these teams. Obviously, Liam's going to miss. You know, clearly as we said earlier, Marchbank's still out. Charlie's out. Is like the the injury list for us is just. In winnable games at a time of year where we're actually playing our best footy has really sort of hurt us. St Kilda's got Rowan Marshall that's under an injury cloud as well. Jack Stephen came back and played one good game. Who? <laughs> Who's the first bloke? You, you obviously haven't been watching football this year. Rowan Marshall, super so, coach so, darling. So he is a super coach darling. So you, you play a lot of super. No, coach, no, I do, I do. But there was an article during the week where they, and I can't remember who said it. They Someone wrote, said at one point he was the best player, like the highest rated player in the competition. Yeah, but they said they nominated the top ten young forwards in the competition, ten down to one. Number one was Rowan Marshall, 
which I don't necessarily agree with. Holler for a marshal. He's a ruck forward, but yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, look, I'll so take but yeah, some... Super take coach the, darling. Look, no take, take the positives out of the weekend and look forward to the last two weeks as best we can and, and fingers crossed we can snaffle a win and, and if not, um, head into the preseason on a bit of a high with A, a new coach and some renewed optimism. We're going to now have a bit of fun. We've got five minutes on the clock. Just a, We're going to run a Carlton top five as we did last week and we, we might do a few of these before the end of the season. A top five Carlton first round draft picks. So our first ever first round draft pick was Dominic Fotia. Shout out to Dominic. Shout out to Dom. Our most recent. We're we doing them in order. Five to one. We're five. doing our five to one. And our most recent uh, first round draft pick, of course, was Liam Stocker. Good call. Um, so thirty two in total from was it eighty six to twenty eighteen. Okay. Uh, we're going to go through them. Number five for me. Here we go. Samuel Walsh. Number five for me, Samuel Walsh. <laughs> Number five for me, a brace. <laughs> A gib. I like a gib. I like a gib. Uh, Walsh, for me, I think I said it on pod a couple of weeks ago, is a steal. That one, like dead set. He's phenomenal. His first year's been games. first year's been phenomenal. Um, has, has been. Played 20 and, games. and everything we need from him and more. And more. Well, what he's poised to be able to launch from oh. is... We've said this. What do the next couple of years look like when well, he's if, 22? If he played every single season for the next three years exactly the same way as he played this one, we'd be wrapped. Absolutely. And the reality is... He's going to get better. Like, it stands to reason that he does. His ceiling is off the charts. It's invisible. Yeah. Bryce Gibb. Bryce Gibb, number five. No I comment. Or you're phenomenal footballer. Love to have him back at the club. Should never have left. <sighs> yeah. Circumstances. Circumstances. Unfortunately, yeah, but. It is what it is. To me, he is at number five. Very classy player. Number four for me is Andrew Mackay. Number four for me is Andrew Mackay. <laughs> Shit. Number four for me is Scott Camporeale. Camporeale. Yeah. It's the Italian factor that's got you over the line there, mate. Pick number 13, 1992 Macca. And that's only because he sent letters to every yeah, other team in the competition saying, don't but draft if, me. Seriously, if you look at our drafting through and from then... Through How old was he when we drafted him? 20... 2021? Yeah. If you look at our drafting from the first draft in 86 to about 2004... Not great. It's diabolical. Yeah. So the fact that we were able to pluck him out of the list at all is extraordinary. Do you know what he was doing when we drafted him? No. He was a jackaroo. Of course. Wasn't he he a vet? No, No, he became a vet. He studied later. And then that's when he relocated to Brisbane. And he he wouldn't train, but he just played. he trained up in Brisbane and they were trying to make it work and then eventually they brought him back and he was finished his career off well. Best and fairest winner, magnificent. Your number four, Camporeale. Scott Camporeale, Jet, absolutely. He's loved him. Do you know what I love? Scott Camporeale. When he came back with the greasy hair and the moustache. It was like a goatee. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Campo gets the ball 55, 60 metres out, sees an open goal square, knows he's just going to kick it to 25 and it'll dribble through. Yeah. And he always did those kicking to the legend stand end. Never saw him kick one to the heat. That's funny because at the MCG, my memories of him doing that are to the city end. The other end. Yes. Weirdly, for whatever reason. I call that the Ryan Hallahan chainsaw end. That is the chainsaw end. No, phenomenal player. He was a magnificent kick of a footy, wasn't he? And he was a damaging footballer. Both Campo and and Yeah, but he was just just an an offensive You you love Hoops. Hoops was... You love Hoops. hoops. Mate, he was skill level. If they had their old, you know, the FIFA FIFA cards, what do they call them? The FIFA Ultimate Team Skills for Ryan Hallahan. Kicking, 99. I reckon he's a bit overrated, personally. That's just me. Two-footed, on the run. If I had a dollar for every time he kicked into the man coming towards him or the man on the mark... The gather and I'd pirouette towards the punt road end. Who was it against? Hawthorne, in the wet. 
He played against Geelong as well, late in his career, yeah. from memory. He could play. He yeah. could. Uh, number three for me is Mark Murphy. Are you stealing Shit. my... <laughs> We're going to be exactly the same. I think we are going to be the yeah. same. Yeah, I've, I've got Mark Murphy at yeah. three. Technically not a first rounder, but for the sake of the list. Yeah, no, well, he's a first he was priority. Well, priority yeah, pick. But yeah. look, f- star. Captain. If there was no priority pick, he's a first rounder, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Captain, multiple time BNF. He's an All Australian. He won the Coach's Award in 2011, I think it was. Placed in a brand star. He's a phenomenal player, and, and look, he's he's going to end up, um, you know, one of our modern greats. Yep. Josh Kennedy. No, you always do this shit. You do this shit every time we do one of these countdowns. You pluck like a guy that he's not even a Carlton player. He's Carlton drafter. Nah, it's a fuck Carlton that shit. first round draft pick. He's not even a Carlton player. I Josh Kennedy. You're not going to like my pick too, then, are you? I, I didn't pick him purely and simply on the basis at all on my list. Are you basing it on his what career? What he did for us? No. So you can't no, have I, Sam Walsh in there. You yes, can't I can. have Sam. No, you cannot. Yes, I can. I can name you ten players on that list. How many games did Josh Kennedy play for? Yeah, us? Sam Walsh has had twenty phenomenal games, but he's only played twenty games. Josh probably played about twenty games. Keep talking amongst yourself, Nobets. I'll find this. Josh Kennedy, and Josh Kennedy, three. dead set. Josh Kennedy played multiple twenty-two Coleman, games for us. I'm talking about twenty. So Walsh will end up playing in his first year as many games as Kennedy played, and be having far more of an output than and Sam Walsh ended up in your top five. So why can't Josh Kennedy? Because Josh he didn't Kennedy do anything for us. He's a multiple All Australian, multiple tremendous medalist, Premiership player, and, tremendous and, and you didn't give us a context as to how we're going to pick our players. Yeah, and I knew this knobhead would pluck out well, like he did too. Nick Martin at pick two. I've done it too. It's happened again. <laughs> no, well, okay. Let's All right, give us your number two. We're not going to be the same no, anymore. No, we're not going to be the same. My number two is Scott Camporiale. Really? He's very high for young Scotty. Pick 15, 94, came in. You just thought, oh, maybe he's he's just the good kid that ends up at a good team. It happens every year. Sydney, Sydney Stackley. Every year there's an excellent junior that ends up at a great team. Yep. And you just think, you wonder to yourself, how much of that is down to you're just in a good team? Well, Campo ended up proving, no, no, no. I'm just a really good player. The understanding and the was and he, he was came important. with skills and but he did a lot of work with Greg Williams early and Diesel because apparently he was no good on his left foot and Diesel said to him you need to be dual footed and just he just did but he was and he, he did was, skills work with him every single day when he first came and he went from being okay mm. to elite on his other but foot he was as one well. of those guys too that came in in '95 and was. The missing piece of the puzzle from 93. Totally. And even the year before. Yeah, particularly 93. You Youth came in. speed, skill, we really needed. He sat there and went, no, you actually compliment us. Yes. And then beyond that, you ended up becoming a great, great player yep. for us. So, Campodiale, number two. Uh, for me, Josh Kennedy. I disgusting. Had as much. Well, I mean, I just tried I'm to look through I'm disgusted in the pair of you. Well, I, I, again, you just sit there and you're going, at the end of the day, we had a recruiting manager that said... I'm trying to seek the best talent in this draft that I can get. And at the time, I always said that that was the draft oh, that was I've, going to lead us to I've our gone next off premiership. A list. I've gone off a list provided to me by Sean. He kicked 11 goals in Hold 22 on. games. Sean, 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 you had him on We're the list. We're recognising the talent that he got drafted for and what he's turned his career into as a result of it. And if he's a any, multiple Coleman you know, medalist. Okay, if you had okay. any self-respect, you would have put Chris okay. Judd in the list. Well, we didn't draft him. Because you, I could have manipulated that, that yeah. Kennedy became Judd, therefore no, no, Judd ipso no. facto. We didn't, we didn't draft Chris Judd, but yourself. we did draft Josh Kennedy. So he's my number two. It's disgusting. <laughs> so who's your number? Mark Murphy. Mark Murphy, number two. Mark Murphy. Mega you star. fell out of love with Mark you Murphy did. for a little while there, and now you're, you've come back on strong. You did. I fell out of love. You fell you out of love. Do I need to rip out the text messages? Do I need to rip out the, the tweets? No, no, no. I, I, 
you're absolutely justified. People were keen, but you fell out right. of love with him. We were a little bit, not cold on him, but a little bit like, geez, particularly early in the year. I, I was admit. harsh on him because I know how good he yeah. is. But you fell out of love with him. No, I didn't fall out no. of love with him. I said fell out of he's love. getting played out of position, but I also said he is not trying hard enough. I think every Carlton fan was doing side eyes as well at when the talk was he might leave and we'll get a compo pick. Yes. Every Carlton fan was sort of looking away going, oh, like, what will we get for him? Yeah. Do we get a second? Do we get number two or... Yeah, maybe. And I was I'm guilty of that, but I'm glad he stayed. Number one. This is the stupidest question of all time. Yeah, it's Patrick Cripps. Patrick Dom- Cripps. Dominic Fodia. <laughs> Stephen Edgar. Peter Bubner. <laughs> uh, Chris Massey. Murray Vance. Murray Vance. Unfortunately for the class of 2000, none of you punks made it. Livingston, Livingston Spawn, and Wiggins. And the Chief. Transporn. He was seven foot if he stood up straight. Jeez, that's yeah, true. And a hunchback. Yeah, look, Cripps. Could play on James no, Hurd, so you, I'll, this, I'll give you a list. Once, though, when he was like, I mean, he, he was times. suffering from like anxiety and depression after bagging the umpires. Um, That's true. Kripper was taken pick 13 in 2013. You want to hear the four first round picks before Kripper for us in consecutive oh, years? Well, it'll Kane, be Kane Lucas, yeah, Bootsman's in there, Watson, Bootsma, and Menzel. You would think that our recruiting staff had never seen a game of football. Well, at and least all Troy, of a sudden they Troy Menzel this. showed talent in the games that he played, but he I'd just still never went Troy, on. Mate, and mate, mate, I'd probably still have Troy Menzel back. Was too happy with himself, unfortunately, Troy Menzel. If somebody asked me, Sean, we can get Menzel back, I'd go... Do the deal. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about putting Charlie Curnow in there, but it just... Um, as much as he is showing us there's just not enough there, whereas no, not just I, I think I've got the confidence that's that why I've what you're going to have with Sam Walsh. Sam Walsh missing. Yeah. Macca just missing. Macca was at six, Walsh at seven. Yep. I'm, Spe- I'm, special mention, I have to. There's one that's not on the list for Chris you. Yaron. That's just, Chris Yaron. I don't understand. Chris Yaron, yeah. I've got him in as an I, 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 When I did the list, I put Yaron next to number one and then... He's working down right. slowly <laughs> see if he can hold on. My commiserations in no water were Charlie... Harry, Jordan Russell, Kennedy. Jordan, commiserations to Jordan Russell. Finished second in a BNF. And was all right at a half Best thing Jordan flank. Russell did? Go to Collingwood. Get outmarked by Yaz. Get outmarked by Yaz. Um, Kennedy was there. Yaz there. Andrew Walker. Commiserations. Cruiser. Matthew Cruiser. Yeah. Uh, Gibbs and Wietering were commiserations. Andrew Walker could have been so much more if his body held up. Yeah, oh, shot totally. was fucked. Totally. Yep, so that's good. I like that. I don't know what we're going to do with top five next week. If we won five games, we could rank our five wins. Yeah, we can do that. Anyway, I'll think about it. I'll get back to you next week. Got to chat general AF. Adelaide at number one. See, no, I was at the free You were at Freeman. Just save, free it, mate, save it, mate. Save it. We legitimately going to do this. We're going to do it. Save top it for five next wins. week. No, we're not. We'll come up with something better we than can that. Do it. The top five wins of the bolt. Did we get five wins? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what did we win? It was well, six. We won three in a row. Six, two. Against like Collingwood. Jeez, it wouldn't be many. Yeah, it's depressing. Yeah, best win was probably the Hawthorne game, wasn't it? Uh, I, yeah, I, that was I, a great I'd win. Say, I, you, we're, we're way off time. GWS, GWS, what a point? Yeah, that was a good one. And Port. Didn't we play We won a like, Port and we won Geelong in one of the years, but Geelong... Collingwood, won. actually. We beat Collingwood at the G in their 125th game. Yes, I was at that game with Tyron. Samo played well in that game. They too. were the best. Games. Daisy Thomas did the big balk. We did too. And yes, then the, the right check front, side. Right yeah. in front of the Collingwood cheer squad. Sensational. Best probably performance would probably be the Bulldogs. This year, um, yeah, Complete. they were weakened though. To beat them by seven goals, they were, they were weakened. But they were, but they had players available. They just didn't select. That's them. fine, Timbo. We'll talk about this next week. All right, move on. We're going to talk about general AFL stuff as we go through the teams. Fab, we don't have the teams themselves. We're just going to go through the tips. We don't. 
that makes it tougher. Um, because obviously we're recording on a Wednesday. You guys uh, would probably be better off without knowing the team. That's No, I agree completely. Woo! Fabian ended up with seven last week. You and I, Tim, got six. Oh, I only lost one. Mate, I tipped like Melbourne. I think I tipped I tipped someone else just re- in hindsight. I, I did something. Just ridiculous. I, I think I tipped Essendon. Jesus. Well, you only missed by I missed, 17 goals. I a lot. <laughs> My when, dad forgot to submit his tips and picked up the Hawks while yeah. everyone was going. I thought about the Hawks. Disgusting performance. I thought about the Hawks just because the cold night and you thought they'll... Oh, don't be one of those, Timbo. Come on. One of those, oh, Clarko ran out just in his shorts and therefore the Hawks were screwed. But I just thought if it's going to be a cold night, they're used to playing down in Tassie. When when they're off, they're completely off. Unfortunately, we've never caught the GWS. Yeah, they're they're only ever on when we play them. We seem to be the only team that play them at full strength. Yeah. It's disgusting. Um, Give us our... uh, We're going to go through, and I've got some thoughts on these teams as we go through them. Okay. Uh, first game, Friday night football. Another ripping Friday night game. It is too. Melbourne versus Timbo's Swans. I've got no thoughts on this at all because I just can't be bothered. The only thought I've got on this is when will the AFL go to a floating fixture? That's the only thought i got on this. How many games clear of Melbourne are we? One. I think... Are we percentage? Are we percentage clear? We are. Oh, Who are they got no, next we're a game week? clear, are we? Game and percentage. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, good, yeah. good, good. Okay, and next week Melbourne have North Melbourne. They North. won't be North Melbourne. So Melbourne go playing, Melbourne because I think we can catch Sydney. Melbourne yes. are playing disgusting football, and well, put it this way: Sydney win with third last. We can't drop below third last. Melbourne win, we'll catch Sydney. I'm gonna tip. I'm no confidence at all. I'm tipping Melbourne. I'm tipping Melbourne. Melbourne. Um, sh- quick shout out to Nick Smith. Is that his name? Yeah, it is his name. You're going to give him a Retired shout out for retiring. Yeah. What do you fucking do, Timbo? He is, I, I genuinely think of the last 10 years, he is the most um, is underrated he, footballer in the competition. Of, of, in the whole competition? Yep, whole competition. Jesus. Exceptional as a small defender. Was one of the players that always did well against Cyril Rioli. Slaughtered him every single time. They actually went to school together at Scotch College. But he was just a guy slaughtered that was just... Too, yeah, slaughtered him there as well. Um, but yeah, oh, I, one of those guys that just no fanfare, just does his job every single week. And and to be honest, I didn't even realise that he hadn't been playing this year. And it was when they announced it today. You're so oh, underrated, shit. Fab. Tim didn't even realise he was not on the park. Absolutely. Go to the next game. Carlton versus St Kilda. <laughs> this is uh, Saturday afternoon, one forty-five At the MCG, which is great because... Like it. We struggle at Marvel against teams like St Kilda and the Bulldogs and this type. Not this year with the Bulldogs, but generally. An MCG team, Fab. Who we got? Sorry, I was waiting for the teams. I was waiting for the teams. No, I got the Saints. <sighs> Blues, fifty. Fitty, fitty. Jets are out again. Like we said it earlier, I just we just I'd love to have like a couple of weeks, like when we played Melbourne, like when we played the Eagles that first half particularly, I'd love to have Don't something. Don't bring your Johnny Raincloud. When I no, 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 Fiddy, we move on to I'd the I'd love to game. have something resembling our best 22 out there. We just yeah. don't. Well, I think we beat them with yeah, our best 22. They're not that great, though. But we're just, we're just so down on manpower. I think memory could be a challenge. Yeah, memory's the hard matchup. Liam would have been perfect. Speed. We need speed and closing speed on Tim Memory. At least Gresham's Tim out because he kills us. True. Next so game. Billings. The Brisbane Orion. Brisbane Orion. Versus the Geelong Catch at the Gabba, 210. Wowzers. I'm really disappointed that clashes with our game. Yeah. Because I can't watch it. Mm. I've got the Bryans. Yeah, the Brisbane Lions for me. And this game is massive for the get, shake-up. Get on the train. 
They'll be on top of the ladder if they win. Get on the train. Pete was think Pete was talking grand final tickets today. Pure, don't and don't deny pure momentum. I pure think that uh, I'm absolutely on the the Lions. Whilst we've got the cats, as I said, I think the, the Lions will win. Whilst I got the cats, I want to weigh in a little bit to this home final debate that's going on <laughs> at the moment. I think at the end of the season, the cats should go to the AFL AFL Commission and just demand an answer one way or another. Under what scenario, with what provisions, do we play home finals, if at all? But, but and the get the that- AFL to hold them to them. Because I'll give you this thing. So we're going to play the Cats at GMHBA, yep. which holds 35. 35, yeah. 40 maybe. You sit there and go, okay, well, if they played that at the MCG, last game of the year particularly, they might get 50. Might get 55, whatever. They'd get more than 35. Yeah, they would. So capacity is not an issue any other round of the year when they when we get funneled down there, when Richmond got funneled down there, when Melbourne play them down there, etc. Capacity is not an issue at any point when it comes to fixturing down at GMHBA Stadium, generally speaking, it is their home ground. And I'm slowly coming around. Like I said, if the answer is no, if I'm Geelong, I'm sitting there going, give us the answer now. We're not playing finals there, yes or no. Under what scenario? Is it interstate teams, blah, blah, blah. Just give us the answer. Because I don't see it's fair if they finish, and it isn't, if they finish top of the ladder and under the scenario that people keep talking about, and then they play Richmond at the MCG. Can I just make one point? And I reckon I've, I'm going to make one after you. And a final down there. Imagine a qualifying final at GMHBA Stadium, a massive game. They played the Frio game, which they lost, was a fantastic it game. It was. It was. Stephen Hill lit it up. Magnificent contest. It. Great. I was going to say, they played down there once and lost. That's, so. that's fine. But you sit there, imagine if they just said, this is the luck of the draw, this is the way it works. You, someone has to go to Brisbane to play the Lions up there. The way yep. it goes is you've got to go to play Geelong at Geelong. It's the way it is. GWS play their finals at... Spotless. Or Spotless Giant, Giant Stadium. Stadium, whatever yeah. you call it. So really, if if the premise is the crowd that we're going to get, you're going to get a bigger crowd at the SCG. Or ANZ. Or ANZ, if that's where you want to play it. Unfortunately, they can't play it at the Sydney Football Stadium because that's been torn down. Fab. And they never played football. Oh, I never them, anyway. <laughs> but like I said, I just think it's one of those for them, for the Cats. If the answer's no, make the AFL say it. Yep. I agree. And I agree. under what provision? Because I sit there and I go, personally... Have you ever seen a bloke, like Timbo's in love with... Mate, you haven't been down Sides there. Don't give it to play. me. Right. You know, you, you, love, you, you fall in love with players. You fall in love with certain teams. This bloke's in love with a venue. You like I've never there. seen anyone. You know what? I've said this on record. You know why I love it? You know why I love it? Why? Because it's what Princess Park should be. Yeah. Yep. That's why I love it. Love it. Love it. Because you go down there and it's what we should have. But we don't because we were run by an idiot and the league was incompetent, and they didn't have a long-term vision. So anyway, that's my thoughts on the Cats. Uh, I think that the Brisbane Orion win this one. I think you're the Lions as well, aren't you? Yeah, we all are. All Lions. Next game, Fab. Next game is the Adelaide Crow. The Adelaide Crows versus Collingwood. Um, At uh, Footy Park, whatever it's called. Uh, Adelaide Oval. I think that, once again, I'm probably tipping with my heart here. I, I, Adelaide are very ordinary. Collingwood aren't playing well. Last week, they weren't terribly convincing in beating Melbourne. They do have a lot of outs. I just still think that they're a little bit more structured, a bit more disciplined. Oh, I think I, I probably want Collingwood to win more than I think they'll win, but I'm tipping Collingwood. I'm going to tip Adelaide. I think they're playing a bit better. You tipping anyone, Fab? With no confidence whatsoever, Collingwood should win this. That's my rationale. But they could just be absolute dog shit. Well, it's like that's like last week where I just sat there and thought GWS easy. They're plugging holes everywhere. They are. Collingwood. They're like the little Dutch boy with his finger in the dark. Okay. 
it always every time someone says that it reminds me of uh, Walk the Line. Oh yeah, the uh, Johnny Cash movie. Um, Collingwood, Collingwood, with no confidence whatsoever. Adelaide is shit. They are. Collingwood are playing shit. I don't want Adelaide to win. I just hmm. yeah, I'm 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 tipping more on the premise. That I want Collingwood to win. North Melbourne versus the Power at Marvel. Can they move this game to the middle of the night? It's uh, it, it's seven twenty-five. Like seriously, could you play this game at two thirty in the morning? I just don't care. I'm going to go with the power. Yeah, I got power as well. Who are they playing? North Melbourne. You're yeah, tipping. The you're tipping the power no matter what. But the power are like what we just spoke about. We don't know what we're going to get from them. They are inconsistent. They're on the trot. They've broken that. Well, they one broke on. the hooter ages ago. The one win on loss, one off. Win yeah. loss because they lost three in a row. But they've bounced back with two good wins. And they played well at Marvel last time. They were there against the Bombers. So they did. Power for me. Mind uh, you, how good did you need to be to beat Essendon given that the next week not they conceded very. 21 goals in a row? Well, Essendon need to win one of their last two games to make the finals and they are travelling to Perth to play the Fremantle Dockers on Saturday night. This is another toss of the coin for me. Aaron Sanderland, he's not playing, is he? He's just, reti- he, he's just I think he is playing. I don't think he retired effective immediately. I think he retired. So he's, pl- he's going to get, get yeah. a farewell. We yeah. didn't give Aaron a shout-out. Shout-out to Aaron. Fuck him. Honestly, him and his Ooh, toe. Okay. No, this, this that, honestly, we've been. If, pretty, was, if I was a Fremantle supporter, he should have been gone five years ago. When he oh had some no, he should have been gone two years ago. See you later, yeah. champ. Yeah, yeah. I well, agree with. I'm you. going Freo. So who are they playing? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was only half listening. Sorry, Essendon <laughs> at Optus Stadium. What Essendon? Oh, I'm not picking them. Freo all the way. Essendon. What? Jesus, I hate them, but you know, I just think they're going to win. Oh, there's the last. Two last three games are genuinely I would have no idea at all. Sorry, so Hollywood, Sunday. Port Sorry, Fred. I just yawned then. <laughs> that didn't come through the mic, but um, come on, Fab, let's go. The five on the trot Tigers versus <clears throat> the four on the trot Eagles at the MCG. This is you know we spoke about this yesterday. The last two weeks for Richmond are enormous, enormous. They cannot win the flag without home without a home prelim. Oh, they can, but. History would suggest that they perform. If they better. lose, if they lose this weekend, they can't finish. And given, depending on the way the results go, if, like most people I think would assume Brisbane. If Brisbane and the Eagles win, they cannot finish higher than fourth. And if Brisbane and the Eagles win, you would assume that they will both have home finals. The worst case scenario for the Tigers is that the Eagles win through in their side. And the Tigers win through to play them in a prelim. Be massive, wouldn't it? That's the worst case scenario. I don't think yep. they can. I think they could potentially knock the Lions off at the Gabba. Yep. They play them in round twenty-three at the MCG. But is that a fact? Yeah. They so won't knock so off the Brisbane Lions. finish Geelong, Richmond. Yep. And Richmond finish West Coast, Brisbane. Get so, on the get on the bandwagon. I reckon they are going all the way. So the this Bryans, is and the this Lions. is the thing for me. I spoke to Fab about this. The Tigers' last... And dim sums are on me. Yeah. The Tigers' last seven finals have been at the MCG. Yeah. And that's good management because they've won home finals and they've won the right to play home finals. So that's fantastic. That's what the can't system... Begrud- can't begrudge them. So you can't begrudge them. They've won them there. But you sit there and go, this could be the year you've got to do it the hard way. Yep. For the first time. Yep. And if they if they do it and they're successful doing it, good luck to them. No, spot on. And I sit there and go, this is the biggest test of their I'm credentials. With the good luck to them. But, no, this is well, the biggest no. test of their credentials... Since they've been a good team. Yep, I agree with that. And if they lose this week, I'm putting a fork in them. They're done. I'm tipping the Eagles. I'm tipping the Eagles. 
Tigers. I just think that the Eagles have got more weapons and will curtail their. Uh, Look, their you, might, you might celebrate the you're quiz. You're gettable. Mate. You're you gettable. Might celebrate the quiz, but my dominance <laughs> in the tip. You're gettable. Well, definitely not by you, mate. We make it a late run here. You're ten off the pace. I was say, I've no, got it's going to be a famous eight, victory, Sean. There's only eighteen <laughs> games left, and you're eleven off the pace. You're uh, cooked. Who have you got next? The GWS Giants and the Western Bulldogs. Where is it? Sorry, uh, Giants. I'm on the dogs. The, the Giants are just falling apart. Dogs. I'm going to go GWS. I reckon they respond after that, and I reckon. I reckon you always take your form from the previous week in, and I don't think that uh, Western Bulldogs were pressured. I reckon it was all too easy for what them What about then. the fucking Giants for? Well, they had to respond. They were disgusting. No, they were, but they had to respond. I think, you know what the Giants' biggest problem is? You just spoke their lack of culture. Absolute shit just then. Oh, mate, no, no, no. Did you, did make you any read sense? my notes? No, no, I'm saying Western Bulldogs had a game that was too easy and to be able to get up and maintain the GWS had a game that was too so, hard. So if you take on taking the form, they're going to have an easy win against... No, no but, any but GWS will have had a week where they've had to interrogate one another and say, we have to bring this something This is the more. problem, Timbo. Were you reading my notes? The GWS's biggest problem is, and a lack of culture. is a lack of culture. They do not have a winning DNA. That's why they couldn't win on a cold night at... But at, I'm speaking in general. No, I agree. So you look at... Like, I agree. I spoke about this to Fab earlier. You look at historically, Melbourne... No culture. No winning DNA since, was it 64? 64. You think about Geelong went 40-odd years not being able to win one. Handbags. Uh, the Dogs went 60 years, 70, 70 years. 54. Yep. So Sydney went a long, long stretch. 73. So you look at these teams, Stop it, the Saints, 66, obviously, to today, and the Saints should have won a flag. Yeah, they should have. But the problem is, and this is why... And, and I don't think it was their lack of culture that stopped them. I think they were just... A, they they came up against is. good teams. I think it is. Who is this? Maybe. The Saints. I think it's the DNA. I think you look at it, I said to Fab, Carlton footballers, Essendon, Collingwood, when you're going through rough trots and barren spells, they still walk through the front door and they see a whole lot of cups on the wall. Well, 99, we didn't have any right to win it. And but you, we didn't, but you just sat there and you thought... We might because it might just be but what we do. It means something when Carlton players, a young Carlton player, Sam Walsh, just comes face to face in the day to day. Greg Williams, Aaron, oh, ha- Aaron Hamill said as much. Stephen Kernahan comes down to training. Mic. Yeah, he did. Did he? You know, he goes. He goes. When I Robert arrived Walls. at St Kilda, I could understand why Carlton was so successful. Yep. You know, Robert Walls comes down to the club and you go, "Fuck, he won three and he coached one." Going shit. Cups are on the wall. The pitches are on the wall. The Premiership players are on the lockers. And there's, it's not that it's a birthright, but it's a sense of we don't have to break the glass ceiling to win something. It's just what you're talking to. And that's why the Bulldogs win. Was, Charlie in the junior college, mate. But that's why, that's why the Bulldogs win. <laughs> Carrying the watch up his That's ass. why the Bulldogs win is just ridiculous because they did everything. Yeah. And they did it all. They did. The Saints couldn't do they it. They belied. Melbourne can't yeah. handle it, et cetera, et cetera. Gee, they don't have any DNA. They don't have a winning DNA. Yep. You're on my uh, Butch my, Coolidge. My, my Butch Coolidge birthright story. It's all right. I watched that the other night. Hey, on TV. Are they, are they doing all the Tarantino movies? Yeah. Okay. Before uh, tomorrow. Cool. Uh, final game of the round: the Hawks versus the Gold Coast <laughs> Suns. Hawthorne for everyone. Let's move on. I'm not even going to talk about this game. Don't need to. Farewell to Jared Ruffett. Fuck him. He's playing next week, isn't he? No. He'll play this he'll weekend. Play this weekend, and then that'll I'll, be it. But you'll play VFL. I just want to say one thing. What a little bit disappointing about the – I would love to have been a fly on the wall when the the, the Hawthorne board were putting pressure on Clarko. Why wouldn't he just come out and said, we're going to look after him, don't worry about it, it's been a legend of the club, blah, blah, blah. I would have loved 
for Robbo when he had him on 360 a couple of weeks ago and raised the question to have actually said to Clark, because everyone's afraid of him. I don't know why. He's fucking four foot eight. I would have sat there and said, Angry. I would have said, just sat there and said, just be ready to wear the legacy of this decision if you opt not to do it. Oh, what do you mean? Just sit and go, your time will come at some point and you cannot expect charity. You haven't given it to anyone yet. And that will count against you. There'll be no sympathy for it, it you never, when your time is never, up. Never, ever, ever was it going to be an outcome where Jared Ruffhead did not get a farewell game. And that's what I mean. Why wouldn't like I? It was just, yeah. What, the, in pandering to it and leading everyone on to suggest it wasn't, when everyone's sitting there going, mate, it reflects poorly on you if you don't. I mean, I still remember when Jordan Lewis spoke about it on Fox Footy and he was tearing up and saying, this is serious. You know, when he had his cancer and all that sort of stuff, you know, that this is... You know, they did a scan and they looked at his body and he, he was sick. He was really, really sick. And you heard that and you thought, holy shit, I, I kind of just thought he was but you see, just had a couple of bits that were but that's you know, cut out and you take give him a bit illness. of localised you know, chemo and you're good to go. And but it you take wasn't the illness out, which is very serious, and mm. you sit there and go, he's won Coleman medals, four-time premiership player, yep. captain, All-Australian. What's your enduring wow. memory of Jared Ruffy? Because I have one moment that The I, Sydney game where he kicked the winning goal? No. Uh the game against us where he kicked eight goals too. Fev kicked eight goals four. No, we were too busy hugging in the stand uh, with Barnaby French. <laughs> Shout out to Barnaby. Oh, with, with our mate, Ruben, in the VFL. When no. He was giving him no, no, tips. No, no. Um, it was the grand final against Hawthorne. He laid that bump on oh, Grand final against Hawthorne? Oh, sorry, against Sydney when he when he cleaned up Dan Hanbury. Uh, and it set the tone for the game. And, and at that point you thought, this game's over. He did that to Lockie Henderson. They were shell-shocked. He did that Sydney. to Lockie Henderson one night. Yeah. And I'll, we don't want to say, and you can take it whatever way you want. Pretty easy to line someone up on your own terms. I don't disagree with that at all. But Hanbury was wide open going yeah, for the footy. Yeah, yeah, Pretty yeah, easy yeah, to be yeah, tough yeah. when it's... But in a grand you know, final, sometimes you just got to set the eh, tone. He set the tone. I think he got a and bit too anybody, much credit. Anybody could have done it, but... I just think it. I think it sent a message, and I went to the game fully expecting Sydney to win. And the moment that happened, I've gone. Well, Sydney has shat the. You're, they're in trouble. Your bloods have shat the bed twice. They didn't shit the bed against Western Bulldogs. Oh, Are you mate, kidding what? yourself? But buddy did an ankle. Are you in the shit? first two they, minutes mate, of the game? They were rolling in it, Timbo. I, I've gone from admiring Sydney to f- absolutely despising them because I've needed them to win two games. And they couldn't do it for what, me. What ones do you reckon is worse? They were outplayed by reckon, the Hawthorne. Do you, no, but do you reckon the two Sydney, Sydney against Hawthorne, Sydney against Bulldogs, or Adelaide against Richmond is the worst case of shit in the bed? No, Adelaide. the Hawthorne. The Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Sydney against Hawthorne. Yeah. yeah. I reckon Sydney against the Bulldogs is pretty... The Bulldogs finished seventh. Sydney, yeah. one of the best teams yeah, in the comp. Yeah, they were flying, though. Like, Bulldogs had nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. How many times do I need to say if the umpire pays the oh, correct yeah. 50 metre yeah. penalty against the dogs? They're not even there. Whatever. We're going to move on now. We're going to talk a bit of EPL, Fab. We are? We're going to talk a bit of that? Yeah, no, it's a good opening weekend. It was a good opening weekend. I think uh, City and Liverpool picked up where they left off. Oh, look, I think people, look, they are the two outstanding sides, but the. Uh, the love that's been handed out to both of these sides. It's Pep and Klopp. One beat Norwich. At home. Yeah. And conceded a goal. Right. And conceded a goal. And the other one went and smacked West Ham. Now, West Ham have not played well at that new stadium I've seen them ever. play, I've seen they, them play actually, They played one good game there. Against us. Right, where Jose put Scott McTominay down at, at, uh, at centre-back. <laughs> Jose was winding us up. Did, is that what, Rashford kicked like an awesome like, 
backhill he was mid-air goal. He was winding us up. We were just sitting there so, this is appalling. I've, I've seen West Ham so play at the Olympic Stadium. It's that's disgusting. What, that's what they did. Arsenal, everyone's going to go. Great finish by Aubameyang. You're, you're giving um, they Arsenal... went and played Newcastle, no, who no, are no, a no. championship side. You're giving Arsenal no credit. I will give Arsenal some credit. They navigated a potentially tricky opening day. The banana skin. I thought about this a potentially today. A potentially tricky oh, game. And Newcastle are no great shakes. No mm. problems there. Arsenal were down on manpower. Let, let me, let me, they let, were down on manpower. They, they, were, they didn't play any of their new signings. So and they went out. And you're, they, playing, you're playing Newcastle. But they went out yeah. and they navigated it. They won the game they won. comfortably. They won it comfortably. Got the three points okay. in what will probably be their weakest team of the year. Okay. You spent too long on the Bants chat. No, 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 I'm just, just, just You spent far too just, long on the Bants. Just pull up, mate. Just pull up. All right. And listen. Listen with your ears. They painted on. So Arsenal have gone and beat they've, okay, they've beaten but they've beaten a Newcastle. Right? And everyone's jerking them off. I'm not saying Newcastle are great. Tottenham struggled to break down Aston Villa. Yeah, that's what I was waiting for you to come Championship come to. promoted Aston Villa. So, yeah. At the new stadium. Yep. With a better right. team. And, oh, God, what was his name? Was it Wesley or something? I, th- I tweeted it. This knob ass for Aston Villa. <laughs> your, your job as a number nine when your team doesn't have the ball, when you do get an opportunity, hold it up. Do something. Apply some pressure. All he did was flap his arms about and complain about the service. Mate, you're not give, Richo. <laughs> give them, give them some bloody relief. Yep. Right, because they did so well to hang on for whatever it was, seventy-five minutes. So Spurs, piss easy game against. Uh, so why are you giving Arsenal no credit yeah, so every, for navigating? Everyone's, everyone's got all this credit, and yet United have been. But why are you giving Arsenal no credit for a potentially tricky game away? They do what they need to do. It's Newcastle, mate. They, they, they'll get relegated. But they comfortably beat them. They beat them one nil. Did Newcastle ever look like scoring? I will give a special shout-out to a guy who I actually may turn on Newcastle games to watch. Did you see him? Who? Alain San Maximan. Maxima. He had, the, he had the, like the weird like punk rock sort of dreadlock-style hair, uh, the mohawk dreadlocks. Where's he from? Uh, France. Yeah. And he's just like, he's fucking all over the shop. Like, you don't know what you're going to He's a classic Newcastle, he's a classic lower tier player where you just buy him and go, I don't know what he's going to do. Just put him out there. So he's going to have a couple of games where he just lights it up. He'll have a couple of games where he's unplayable. Yeah. And the vast majority, he'll be just atrocious. Love it. But he did a couple of things where he was running and you're like, yeah, yeah, you're quick. You're real quick. Where are you going? <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking out so to see. So what's his name? Alain, it's French. I hate mangling it. San Maximan. Okay. So it's Saint hyphen Maximin, but San Maximana Maximum. Is, is how you say it. But no, he he looks like he's box office at one of those lower level teams that yeah. he's just like, what the fuck is this guy going to give us today? Yeah. So I'm I'm getting to my point of everyone was getting excited about everyone's performances when, to be honest, I don't think Liverpool were look they were great at the first half and then you know Norwich had their chances early on if you know they weren't. You know, they're always expected to get thrashed. It's City great, did what the, City do. It's the gradient kit, man. So the hardest game of the weekend was United versus didn't Chelsea. You, didn't you say that the first 20 minutes Chelsea had played great? Yes. And then they sat oh. there and thought, fuck, we're 3-0 down. No, no they no, were 3-0 no. down then. So they played, look, credit to Frank. And we once again found, I hate didn't saying this. Did three goals in the first 20 minutes? No. Oh, okay. I wish. So... Chelsea had a, had, a, had a not a strong team, and I, I honestly think after watching them play, they are going to battle. Yeah, and, and is They'll that, is that because six. they haven't been able to transfer? Yes. Is that bad? They just really got no. They just got no quality. They got no outstanding quality. Yep. 
They were, they were missing a few players. They absolutely were missing some players. And look, we were both impressed by Mason Mount, particularly early in He's the game. He's opening 15 minutes. I thought, this kid's going to bury us. What's his name? Mason Mount. So he played at Derby on loan. He's a Chelsea loan player last year. He's come back under Lampard, who coached him at Derby. Oh, yeah, yeah. And look, they, they started Where does off. Where he play? Midfield. Midfield. They started off, they were very energetic, and they were doing the Klopp Gen Gen press, you know, really aggressive pressing. I said to Fab, I go, if they don't score, they're cooked. Yeah. They got 20 minutes to score. And if they don't, we can get them. Which they were close to doing. Yeah, absolutely. You, but you've got to be honest. But um, but having said that, you had um, Tammy Abraham had his shot on the turn, which yeah. hit the post, and you go, well, that's a, you know, he's hit the post, a nice turn, absolutely buried it into the post. Beyond that, we didn't really give them many looks where you thought, oh, Dave's bailed us out Emerson. There. Emerson hits the post. Oh, even then. Like, yeah. you, you sit there and go, geez, if you score Look, that. They had some chances, but they, they were – Dominating the football, dominating possession, and then once we score, we got a penalty, which it was, was a penalty. It was a clear pen. Um, and that's what Frank Lampard would be so frustrated with. From then onwards, look, we survived the rest of the first half. It was from then on, it was pretty even. Mm. And from the second half, they were just totally out. What did you think that. of the new boys for United? Well, the two at the back were phenomenal. I think Harry Maguire, look, not getting too carried away because it was only Tammy Abraham. But having said that... Bossed him. He bossed him and actually drove us forward. The last yeah. goal was purely and simply his. When, when Tammy tried to use his body yeah. to kind of lean on... Harry Maguire's not going to lean on me. And he actually then won it. Yeah. And, and then got us on our way. Wambasaka's uh, opening 15 minutes. I heard that. I heard that. Unbelievable. Some United fans were accused of getting a bit carried away because for the first time in however long... For the first time since Wes Brown. We're just happy to have a fullback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Like an actual fullback. He, look, he was fantastic. And you sit there and you think, yeah, you're probably worth the money. Yeah. Because you're so, going to fix a problem for 10 years. Yeah. Potentially. And Daniel James, not enough. Like, he scored the goal. wasn't well taken. It was a it nice was, run, though. It was like a good yeah. energetic. Oh, Pog, and Pogba was phenomenal in the build-up to that. It was all his... Because he had two assists, did Ball he? busting. Oh, his ball for Rashford's goal was exquisite. But Rashford's We actually... We look, we look okay at... Either end of the park. Forwards look a little bit... And that's why everyone keeps saying, oh, United, get rid of Lukaku, didn't sign it. I've never had an issue. I've Even with the whole Dybala thing, I've always been a big Jesse Lingard fan, and I think the fluidity of Martial, Rashford, Lingard, and then you've got academy kids behind them. Yeah, it's not overly deep, but it's I really like our forward options. Yeah. Did Mason Green would get on the park? Late. Late, just to ruin my fantasy team. Oh, because he played and he scored. So um, yeah, you wanted a donut. So, but um, He's the midfield, the midfield for United is it's appalling, scaringly thin. There's nothing it's there appalling. besides Paul Pogba. How nothing. Can, Fab and I were corresponding during the game, and you sit there and go, "How could Ed Woodward, effectively the CEO of the club, be watching us play and a club, that, a that club that. of our ambition and our resources, and sit there and go, we're going to spend ninety million pounds on Paul Pogba, and we're going to surround him with Andreas Pereira." Scott McTominay and like a fucking belt sander partner or something. Like, I just don't get it. <laughs> Employee Fred, of the month. Fred. I don't get it. Like, you sit there and it's, go... No, and honestly, in that... So that midfield is where United are going to drop a shitload of points. Heaps. We're going to be If bossed. Tottenham make them... Christian Eriksen comes on, changes the game for Tottenham. They sell him there in a world of hurt because whilst I reckon they've got very good defensive midfielders, they don't have the number 10 unlock the door creativity where teams park the bus. I still think that we're going to be, and I spoke this to you about this off pod, I think that we're going to be an entertaining team to watch in the sense that 
with expectations realistically aligned. We're not going to win the league and all that stuff. Once you park unrealistic expectations at the door... You just watch. And I sit there and go, if Marcus Greenwood gets a bit of a run at it, Juan Basaka's an exciting player. If, you know, McTominay plays more minutes, if Angel Gomes gets a run at things, you know, Martial plays a little bit more in the middle. You sit there and go, if you play the team that way and play a younger side... If Alexis Sanchez decides to become the footballer he once was... Alexis Sanchez, he's like Space Jam. He's lost his powers. He's just dog shit. But you sit there and go, if, if that happens, if they play the kids... I don't really give a shit if we finish 7th mm. or 8th and play some okay football in patches. It's acceptable for us because we know where we are. And you just own the reality. And I think the same is with Arsenal. They've brought in these additions. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. Spurs, Spurs. I think... They need to make hay at the I moment. know they're going to lose him for nothing because he'll want to move on, but I would make Christian Eriksen stay. Big, big shit, you miss out on £60 million, pounds, potentially. You need him... Because they can challenge. Their best 11 is as good as anything in the Premiership. Well, they can't afford at the moment United and, and Arsenal to a lesser degree. Chelsea will obviously have this ban at the moment, which they'll they'll overcome. I think I don't know if it runs till next summer. No, no, they're, they're January. Okay, so, January. so they'll just have to make do for the time being. But at the same time, like if we can just get through and buy reinforcements that we need, fingers crossed, worst case scenario, the first part of their season exposes to the United hierarchy the most obvious thing in the world. The problem is... We need a midfielder. I think performances like the weekend will potentially do the opposite nah, and paper nah. over some... Cause we're, because we're going, to play, we're going to play middle of the table teams and they're going to boss us in midfield and we might escape because of a quality, you know, Rashford gets on, he's just quicker or Martial buries one or whatever the case may be. But we're just thin. We're just mm. thin all over the joint. And you sit there and go, you're not competing and United has to compete. We're not competing until you figure this out. Yep. And it's plain for all to see. So, look, I thought all in all it was a good first weekend. Uh, we look forward to... I want to see what Arsenal look like when all their signings come together. Yeah, when Pepe plays. I wouldn't get overly excited about Pepe. He's a kid. I am. He's a kid. Um, but, yeah, David Luiz... La- Lacazette didn't play on the weekend. Luiz comes in and he'll help. Lacazette, I saw, I was... I, I, I'm convinced. Everyone loves Lacazette. and I, I think he's a good player. Everyone but Emery likes Lacazette. Yeah, maybe. I watched uh, United's championship winning 2012-13 season highlights DVD last night. Just chucked it on, have it on in the background as I was doing bits and pieces. Chicharito. Chicharito. David Luiz, this is six years ago. United played a couple of games against Chelsea. He was awful. He's crafty now. He's a crafty <laughs> veteran. He go, was go so back and bad. Watch the semi final of the World Cup. Brazil. Oh, my God. No, semi final. Oh, the quarter final. My, my heart is going to be in my mouth, absolutely. There was one but... game, I don't know if, I think it was the Carling Cup 5 4. He'll score a couple of screamers. But yeah. he, he was he, at one point, there was one of the games, I can't remember which one it was, where he decided to go on a barnstorming run forward, was easily dispossessed in midfield and exposed, I think there was Ivanovic. <laughs> and there was just a wave of four United players converging on Czech's goal. And you're thinking, David, all you had to do was pass this simple five-yard ball. Yeah. But you decided, no, I'm taking it off here. Going on a run. Gary Neville, FIFA player, remember? If he gets a red card... The only advantage you got is you just put him in Gwendouzi's number. Because yeah. they don't, you can't really tell. <laughs> they are pretty apart. similar. I thought you were going to say the only advantage you've got is you miss three games. <laughs> so, no, no, good opening weekend. Um, everyone did what they expected to do. Not us. United, that was, I don't think that was expected. I'll be interested to Pleasantly watch surprised. Chelsea, though, like as we said earlier. I, yeah, I think that for me has shown me where Chelsea We think be. we're thin. Yeah, no, they are. They're thin. 
Thin, thin, thin. We ready to move right, on? we're moving on now. We're going to Good do on. the quiz. <laughs> Fabian's obviously coming off a win. Let's see if Timbo can bounce back. As always, we oh, start wh- with Watch the, the Harlem Globetrotter style layups you give him. You're just, you seriously. You were so <laughs> flat last Stop week. Stop playing it down, Fabian. I'm just, really not that interested. <laughs> could have fooled us. Bullshit. I could have fooled us. Bullshit. Let's so, go. So, so what's we're gonna, the format? So we're going to start, as we always do, with on the whiteboards for the first five, yep. followed by fast money for the next ten. So no individual questions. No, we're doing the format which we went to because you could never win. Whatever. Ready. Question one. We ready? I'm ready. Yeah, okay. Question one. In the 2018-19 English Premier League season, three players finished in a tie for the Golden Boot. For one point each, can you name the three players? So I think the winning tally ended up being um, 22 goals and three players finished on 22 goals for the season. And thus took home the golden boot. I have no idea, actually, on this one. Yep. So you got your three in. Timbo, what have you got? I'm not happy with my third. So I will do this one. So Fabian's locked in. So Fabian, you've got two of three. Timbo's got got two. Timbo's got the same three. So two of three. Aubameyang and Salah. Don't tell me it was Harry Kane because I just rubbed him out. Sadio Mane was the missing man. Did Did he do his knee the other day? Uh, or was no. that Leroy Sane? I always get the two. Leroy years. Sane. Leroy Sane. So, um, yeah. Uh, oh, Pierre Pep doesn't play Sane anyway. No. I'd, I'd, I'd have him. Pierre Omrik Aubameyang and Salah correct for you too. It's question number two. Who is currently the longest serving manager in the English Premier League? So, which manager has been at their club currently for the longest active term? At his current club. Who has been at their current club for the longest active term? So read into that what you will. So it's a it's a Timbo shrugging. Timbo's going, I don't know. I'm not sure. But it's a. I don't know what Tim's writing there. He doesn't seem to be writing a word, a name. Timbo's gone for the Everton manager, which is incorrect. Fabian has gone for, is that Eddie Howe? Yes. At Bournemouth? At Bournemouth. That is correct. Wow. So Eddie Howe has been well, at the... Either Eddie Howe or Sean Dyche. Eddie Howe has been at the helm at Bournemouth, I think, for six years. So he's the longest serving active manager. 60. Six. Oh, six. <laughs> I think you would have... It's good innings. You probably would have heard of him, Timbo. Score really. check. Three, three, to, three to two. Cool. Question number three. In the movie Field of Dreams... Oh, I don't know this movie at all. The final scene reveals that Ray Kinsella's father, Ray Kinsella played by Kevin Costner, his father played catcher for this Major League Baseball team. It's a touching team, a touching scene, Timbo. Have you, have you seen it, Fat? Years ago. It's a very, very touching movie. He comes up in the, in the cornfield and he figures out, he sees his old man and he sees him in his prime playing catcher. And he sort of looks at him and now they play catch together. And it was revealed that the movie was actually about his, him and his dad. Yeah. But, yeah, the other two... Just answer the question, Timbo. Oh, I'm wrong, but I'm... The Chicago White Sox for Timbo. No, that was the, the eight men out, that's the Black what, Sox. That's, that's, that's who Shoeless Joe, Joe Jackson yeah. played for. Fabian has gone for the New York Yankees. Fabian is correct. I was say, it looked like he was wearing a Yankees outfit. He, uh... Yes, for he, a film that I don't know anything about, well, that's a, a lucky game. You can ask me anything else about the movie, I would have gotten it right. Want to play catch? Just tear up every, tear up every time. time. Question number four. Is it really that emotional? Oh, oh The film itself is really, really beautiful. And you're like, oh, yeah, and the messages of go the distance. If you build it, he will come. Easy as pain. And you think they're talking about the Black Sox, Shoeless Joe Jackson, mm. and they encounter Moonlight Graham and let him have a chance to play baseball. And you think it's all about 
giving these guys an opportunity to right a wrong. And you're sort of going, oh, it's a really nice story. And then it's actually revealed literally the last five minutes of the film that it's about him and his dad. Yep, it was always about you. And it's about mending the bridge. You, you tearing up now. Yeah, mate, seriously, you watch it as a dad, you, father you yourself. Have to see it. As a Honestly, father you yourself. You have to see this movie. You will watch it. And it's it was called very saccharine and very overly sentimental. The last five minutes hits you like a freight train. Yeah. And you can watch it over and over and over again and you tear up every single time. Because it's the film tells you about their strained relationship, and they sort of, you know, I didn't listen to him, and blah blah blah. I've blah, seen blah. It's, it's slow; it's a slow movie. But that's why it's it so builds. good. It builds. Anyway, Watch it's amazing. It, for goodness' sake, it's your homework. Question number four: <laughs> Retiring Hawthorne champion Jared Ruffhead won his Coleman Medal in what year? So he was a one-time Coleman medalist. Which is not a bad effort, considering the players that he played against or with, I should say. It's a guess. Timbo. Timbo has gone for 2013. Fabian has gone for 2014. The correct answer is... 2012. 2013. Oh, there we go. I've got no idea how many goals he won it on, but Colin medalist in a premiership year is not a bad effort. Question that was number? the first year Buddy was... No, he was still there. Because he played in the... Buddy played in the Freo Grand Final. That was his did last too. game. Did too. But I think he, was, he must have been injured or something. He must have missed some footy. Well, I just think they restructured. And they pushed him further up the ground. Knowing knowing that they're going to lose him anyway. Probably. Question number five. Having won last weekend's opening Bledisloe Cup match at Optus Stadium, the Wallabies can secure the giant trophy with a victory at this venue. (laughs) He's giving me the finger. Um, Timbo has gone for Eden Park. Fabian has gone... moved out of Calcutta. (laughs) Gone away from Eden Gardens. Fabian's gone for Eden... Eden Park. Yeah, I'll give it to you, but it's, jeez. Oh, well, I said Eden Gardens last week. That's true. It is Eden Park. I don't think they've not won there for... What What? What city is it in? Wellington. Suck shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who gives a shit, man? It wasn't part of the question. 5-4, you're still trailing, <laughs> dickhead. I think that they haven't won at Eden Park from forever. Yes, the Australians. So if they can it's win, it'll be, be a good ask. effort. Uh, fast money now, so the whiteboards are done. Okay. No more whiteboards. I'm just keeping in score. Fab, on fab leads five to four. So we've got to get your buzzers in here. Mm. Question number one. We had to wait a long time for it on Sunday afternoon, but who kicked Carlton's <laughs> opening goal? Matthew Cruiser. Matthew Cruiser did kick Carlton's opening goal on the weekend. Question number two. How many questions are we getting? Ten. Okay. Question number two. Fabian doesn't care, Tim. He's just really keen to make sure he just. He's like the batsman at the other end. You know, he's facing the fast bowler. Oh, watch how many ashes questions we get now. Now, remember when the, the batsman faces the fast bowler, the tail ender generally, and he faces one delivery and then goes, one? Is that one? Yeah. Is that raising his fingers? Is that two? You only got four more to go, Fab. Nine more to go. Question number two. The 2019 UEFA Super Cup between Liverpool Fabian. and... Baku. Incorrect. Would you like the rest of the question? Yes, please. The 2019 UEFA Super Cup between Liverpool and Chelsea takes place tomorrow, Thursday. Which city will host the showpiece event? Istanbul. That is correct. You're kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You guys. Dead set. You just plucked that from your ass cheeks. I certainly did. It was Jesus. Kepka style. That's extraordinary. Question number three. I, I only said Whatever, that mate. because you're that. You are I don't talk to you during the, the quiz. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Question number three. England debutante Jofra Archer was not born in the United Kingdom. Where was he born? Fabian. Fabian. South Africa. Incorrect. 
uh, the West Indies. Yes. He was born. No, fuck off. The West Indies aren't a country. Give me a country. West Indies are not a country. Well, give me a country. I can't answer Oceania for where was Sean Pitt? No, well, it's born? a bit different. Like, no, 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 no. In cricketing terms. If you rip out like Turks and Caicos and it's right or something. In like cricketing that. terms. No. I'm happy to accept West Indies. No. Because we're talking about him as a cricketer. Where was he born, Tim? I played the fifth. <laughs> I'm happy to give that because that's. I'm happy to give him West Indies. Because it's like saying if he was born in nah, Australia. Nah, seriously. If he was born in Australia. I should have just said Europe. But if for he was, the last no, no, no. <laughs> All right, Europe. Where if, is the uh, if he was, Super Cup going to be played? If he was born in Australia, <laughs> I wouldn't have like he wouldn't have needed to say New South Wales. So no, 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 no. The West Indies. They play as the West are, Indies. They play under the umbrella of the West Indies. But that's not where he was born. It's not a country. That is where he was. His passport have, have doesn't say West Indies. I do have a country as an answer. I'll guess Jamaica for the sake of it. It's incorrect. Well, I'm happy. Trinidad and Tobago. Incorrect. Where, where is he? Barbados. He's Barbados. Barbados. All right, he's going to give it to you 6-6 six, six, because it's not funny if Tim doesn't win the quiz. Barbados, the country. Barbadian. I just think, I just reckon, I'm just happy to accept West Indies. Whatever. Are you, on. Are, six, you, six. are you launching a protest, Fabian? No, moving on. Are you launching a formal... I want the next question. Are you launching a formal protest? Oh, it's going to get denied anyway, so who gives a shit? <laughs> Move on. Next question. People will be outraged in their cars listening to this. Let's keep going. We'll, get a, we'll do a new question. We're doing a new question. No, no, it's 6-6. Six, six. No, 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 it's 6-5, six, six, your favour. Oh, here we we're go. doing a new question. Now you watch. Oh, Tim got it anyway, dickhead. He probably will, because we're going to give him a cricket question again. Oh, here we go. You can obviously buzz in. My answer's going to be Europe. Okay. The second test begins tonight at Lord's. A ground made famous or known for which anomaly on the field? Tim. Tim it has Hope. a slope. It does have the... a slope. It has an eight-foot slope. Yeah, that's right. Lay name, for Tim. Name Let's Yao go. Ming. <laughs> <laughs> Question number four, six all. So you technically you are in front, Tim, really. Yeah, whatever. Six all. Question number four. Which gymnast this week became the first woman to land a triple Tim. twisting? Simone Biles. Simone Biles is correct. She oh, landed here we go. a... Let's go with European she, athletics, mate, she, this cricket. Is, she landed a triple twisting double flip. Come on. She was the first Horse woman racing, of surely. all time to do it. Come on. And she dominated Whatever. the US gymnastics competition. That's a legitimate question. Question number Good five. Question. Good tester. <laughs> question number five. Which American golfer is at the center of complaints about his slow play? It was all over the news Tim. this week. Timbo. If I get his first name wrong, does it matter? It's Deschambeau. His name's like Byron or Bryson Deschambeau. It's Bryson Deschambeau. Yep. So that's a point to Timbo. This quiz is a Deschambeau's, mate. Mate, you've let this get the better of you. We did a re We did another Whatever. question. This is Roger Federer with the match on his racket. Whatever. And you've just dropped it. Six to eight, Timbo's Six to eight. Question number six. Oh, let's get um, the swimming for Timbo. Which Formula One driver was this week promoted to Red Bull Racing, replacing Pierre Gasly? Tim. Timbo. Ocon. Incorrect. So Pierre Gasly has been demoted. I suggested he might have been demoted. After he got beaten by a lap. Well, yeah, it's not surprising. I thought it might have happened for the last race, but the last race turned out to be the final story. He's been demoted. You can't promote from within other teams. It's got to be from outside of Formula One. Not necessarily. You can't come from, like, uh, the, like the, what do they call, Toro Rosso. Can you? 
Danny Danny Kvyat, whatever his name is. You're close. Incorrect. It was his Danny Kvyat's teammate, Alex Elborn. So Alex Elborn has been promoted to the number two Red Bull. He's only I think he's only completed in this is his first season twelve races. So it's a bit of a round. Uh, Max Verstappen replaced Kvyat. Yep. Uh, and obviously something else happened. What was it Max Verstappen replaced Kvyat with Ricardo there, and then went back to Toro Rosso, and then obviously now. Gasly goes from Toro Rosso to Red Bull has been replaced by Elbon in the Toro Rosso. Gotcha. Question number seven. So Gasly is driving for Toro, Toro Rosso. Rosso. Oh, okay. So he drove for them the last couple of years. He's so he's back. not lost to the... <clears throat> he's in trouble. Yeah, he's in strife. <laughs> he's, he's heading in the wrong direction. No, not good. Question he's number seven. Pocket. Next Next steps over the fence. You've got to get back into this one, uh, uh, Whatever. Question number seven. The shoot air advantage helmet was the unlikely centrepiece of a standoff involving this. Tim. Yes. Antonio Brown. That is correct. The shoot air advantage helmet. Uh, I actually don't know the inside of the story, to be honest. There was something about he wanted to wear a helmet that is now too old. He's been wearing it forever, and he wants to continue to wear it, but they have since outlawed it. it, And he said, if I can't play in it, I won't play. He said, I saw a thing recently where he said, if anyone's got his helmet's 10 years old, and he said, if anyone's got a nine-year-old one, he goes, I will buy it from you. Price just went up. So basically, said I'll give you a signed jersey, whatever. I'll buy this 2010 model helmet, but one million dollars. Yeah. So someone, if someone's got a 2010 Shoot Air Advantage helmet lying around, yeah. Antonio wants it, and he will just respray it. I um, don't have one. Question number eight: New A League expansion club Western United will play the majority of their home games out of what venue? Team. <laughs> Timbo. Optus Stadium. Incorrect. Optus Stadium. <laughs> They're from like Derriman. Fuck, I don't know. We <laughs> <laughs> need to ask Timbo more questions uh, about venues. Cadinia Park. Cadinia Park is correct. I would have also liked to have heard GMHBA Stadium. I would have preferred GMHBA Stadium if I lived in Barbados. That is fucking correct, Tim. Fucking hell. On the I, money. I won't accept this. No. Uh, you can stick your point up your ass. It's a dirty point. It's a very dirty seven point. Seven to nine, Tim. Question number nine. Ten to seven by me. No, I got nine, seven. Dickhead. No, I'm counting my... Yeah, it's true, actually. Whatever. Correct. Whatever. He's question, have his dirty point. Question number nine. And he only said Eden on the other one before, too. That's fucking correct, Tim. This is going to the stewards. He could have said Eden Gardens and he's in Calcutta. He could have. Would have made that mistake two weeks in a row. Question number nine. Which player was named the two around uh, 21 NAB Rising Star? To him. Yeah, Tim. Oscar Allen. Oscar Allen from the West Coast Eagles is correct. Fabian. The want was to put Darcy Fogarty in there, which a lot of Adelaide supporters were very angry about. He's probably pretty close. I think, as Will Setterfield proved the other week, they're giving nominations for the Rising Star on more on the basis of two and three Which weeks. We've spoken about this. I don't like it. It's wrong. Just say, you just nominate two people if two people are if, worthy. If Darcy Fogarty's played two games for the season with only two games to go, recognise the kid when you kick five in a game yeah. that you almost keep your team in it. I agree. Against the reigning Premier. So, Fab, good news is you trailed 10 to 7, but you're not out of it. I foresaw this coming. And partially protected myself against another tie by producing a question with heaps of answers. So, lots of points on offer here. A little bit old school, this one. You will receive one point for every Carlton player you can list to have worn the number 16. So we've had quite a few wearers. 33 players have worn the number 16 for the Blues. 
I like this question because Tim leads by three. So the likelihood, even if you tie, the likelihood of you having the same answer is slim. Therefore, I think I may adopt this kind of question for future quizzes. Because the chances of you... I don't know. I don't know that many. Tying you. What, you just got to look it up, eh? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Oh, shit. Can you, can you have a look at the thing? Uh, My screensaver just... kicked in. I just moved the mouse. Oh, okay. No, it's just um, Peter North. <laughs> best of. <laughs> double fist <laughs> um, Some of Rocco's best work. The more recent ones are fairly obvious. Some of the other ones, to be honest with you, looking at the very, very early days of the number, not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of names jumping off the page. To be honest, I'll be surprised if anyone gets anyone. Um, I'm I've got next to nothing from maybe mid late seventies on. Earlier than that, if you get some of those, I think you're doing a pretty damn good job. Buzz us out. Give us a time. How many you got, Fab? Five. I've got four. And I'm not even confident on my fourth. Okay, let's see how we go. So, so Tim, Timbo has got Darcy Lang, Scott Camporeale, Jimmy Buckley, and Chris Bond. He is correct on all four. Fabian? I've got Jimmy... <laughs> no, I just wrote down Bond on the bottom. I've got Jimmy Buckley. Correct. Collins. I can't remember his first... Andy Collins? <laughs> that is correct. Andrew Collins. Jeez. Two. Scott Camparelli. Three. Patrick Cripps. Four. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and uh, Darcy Lang. Five. So, Timbo, I am proud to announce you. Charge your glasses, everyone. Timbo has won the quiz by a score of 14 to 12. He's taken it out. I don't have anyone. With, who wore 16 before Jim Buckley? Yeah, that, that's it. And then looking at it, I thought... Who, won, who wore 16 after Jim Buckley? Would you like me to go through the list? Yeah, give, give us a few of them. Okay, so we've got Darcy Lane Current, Billy Smets mm. before oh, him. Oh, Jesus. Patrick Cripps, just for the three games. Andrew Collins, Sean Grigg. Grigger. Scott Camporeale. Chris Bond. Jim Buckley, Greg Kennedy. Yeah. Gary Lawson-Smith. Brian Walsh for a couple. Brian Kekovich was an outside chance, potentially. Maury Sankey, Kevin Clark, John Brown, Jim Mooring, 126 games, quite a few games in the year. Uh, Turkey Tom Carroll in there because I was going to write his name down just for shits and giggles. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a bit of, tell you what, there's a bit of a revolving door in the early days. No one wore it before 1911. And it had Jack Wells, one game, Billy Payne, eight games, Archie Wilson, two, Harry Curtis, two, Joe Andrew, two, Harry Horton, two. Charlie Hammond restored some normality. He played 33 games. And it's a bit like the current day number 10. Yeah. Which is, you wear it, it's a curse. 10 and 11 wasn't much better either. No. Nah. Paddy Cripps did a um, same thing Scott Pendlebury did. Scott Pendlebury, I think, even might have even had 16 as well. Maybe. He didn't start his career in the 10. Yeah, okay. I know Hawthorne had a big thing where, like, Buddy was 38. I think Ruffy was 30-something. Might have even been in the 40s. Um, but they started quite high and then... Mm. Worked uh, down, which is, which is sort of the the. Who was twenty three before Buddy took it? It would have been uh, the guy went Justin to North Crawford. No, the guy. Oh went to yeah, North uh, Jonathan. No, hey, Thompson. 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 Thompson is twenty three. Surely Thompson was already gone when Buddy got there. No, I reckon. 
Traded him the year later. Maybe a year before? Yeah, probably, because they demanded the first and the second round draft pick and he had depression. I reckon Jonathan Hay wore two. Three? It was a single Nick Holland number. was two? Yeah, it wasn't two. Actually, it was two, yeah. Why are we talking about fucking Hawthorne? <laughs> Jeez. Welcome to the Hawthorne podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Hawk, Hawk Talk. Talk. Hawk Talk podcast. <laughs> uh, well, well, Tim, I can do nothing but congratulate you on another quiz victory. I think that's something like eight from ten or seven from ten. No, we talked about it was eight from nine, so it's He's on a one-game one win streak. That's it. It's all that matters. You know what Timbo is at the moment? Next week's going to be illuminating. You're on a Port Adelaide win-loss, win-loss. Your best is untouchable, as Fabian's finding firsthand. But occasionally... You know, I wasn't disgraced tonight. He did well. No, no, you were. Don't patronise <laughs> You were disgraced. <laughs> 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 oh, it's, it's part of the, part of the show. Part of the show is Timbo winning the quiz. Just keep up the good work. Bryson DeChambeau. DeChambeau. Yeah. I love all these shit questions that you get. You plucked Brooks Kepka from your butt cheeks yeah, last week. that's very true. I knew Brooks Kepka. He knew Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, I watched the video of how long it took him to take his putt. It took him like three minutes to take a putt. He's sit there and... His opponents he, need he, to he say like, something. Yeah. His opponents need to be like this bullshit. Well, at the, at the end of the day, it's still a television event and people don't want to watch Golf it. Golf is boring when people are taking 40 seconds to take a that, shot. That's right. At three and longer minutes, it's well, ridiculous. Another episode in the books. Fantastic work. Oh, Timbo. Love your work, Tim. <laughs> Who's saying that? You, you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, last week, somebody on Twitter, and I forget who it was, but we'd shout out if we knew, he just said the quiz last week was fantastic. You'd love and, it. And they obviously loved your response. Now they're going to listen to you cutting up rough, and they're going to say, oh, the poor kid. You know how many times I re-wound <laughs> listening to the Robbie Warnock? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was good. I, I appreciated that. And, and, just, and the fact that I watched you get up and run across the room when you did it, I still had that visual in my mind, which listeners just wouldn't have had and can't appreciate. Fabian says he doesn't care. We call bullshit. We call massive bullshit on that. He cares. Well, thanks, gentlemen. Thank you very much, Sean. Um, yeah, for me, Sean. Lovely to have your ears again. For Fabian Guadagnolo, quiz loser. Arrivederci, ragazzi. Better luck next week, Fab. For quiz winner, Tim Davis. Always a pleasure. Back sure. on the horse. It's great to see. Nay. <laughs> on the team train. Toot, toot. We'll catch you next week. All, All right. right. Go, boys. Is washed away.